You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. WrestleMania here and gone like a plastic bag, plastic bag in the wind. It is gone. It is it's not here anymore. We are off into the races. We are moving into the new wrestling year, the new wrestling calendar. It's me, your wrestling Inc. managing editor, Nick Hausman, and joined in the background, laughing at me, mocking me in the shadows, is my good buddy Michael Weissman. Michael, welcome back to the Winkley. In the shadows, like I'm some kind of creeper over here. You're the one referencing American Beauty with your bag in the wind reference, and ooh, this is so artistic and creative, huh? Yeah. Is that what that movie was? Is that where the bag in the wind was from? It is, isn't it? That's yeah, right. it's American Beauty. Uh, it's a classic. It's a weird one. It's a weird, it's a weird one. one. It's a Best Picture winner, I believe. That's right. It's got a. We- it's kind of weird now, because right, isn't that Kevin Spacey is the lead in that movie? Yeah, and he's kind of a. He's an interesting character. Yeah, he's a weird character. Weird. Yeah. Anyway, weird. All right. Well, this is this is veered quickly off the rails. Uh, welcome, <laughs> welcome to the first episode of the Winkly. Like I said, following WrestleMania, we got a lot to get to here today. The Superstar Shakeup was just last night. We got all other kinds of news to get to as well. Uh, but we want to start the show off here today uh, by sending out our regards to Vampiro. Uh, in the past five days, it's come out that uh, Vampiro is battling Alzheimer's disease. Uh, just wanted to send out our best to Vampiro, his friends, his family. We're thinking about you. Uh, I have a lot of fond Vampiro memories as a child of the 90s in WCW. And, uh, of course, he's done a lot of great work here, most recently with Lucha Underground, I believe, as well. Uh, so just sending my best out to Vampiro. He's a good, he, he was a spooky character in WCW, Vampiro was. Well, I think that's what's so interesting about Vampiro, and again, and thoughts and prayers with his himself and his friends and family. But interesting, creepy character for WCW. But then what he's done outside of that. I mean, he obviously had done a lot before that. Um, but just since then, you mentioned Lucha Underground, yep. the commentary work he's done. Yep. He's he's a very well-rounded wrestling talent. Yeah. So very unfortunate to hear uh, about his battle with Alzheimer's. Uh, we we wish him and his family and friends well again. Uh, and on to. The show here today. Uh, we got a bunch of news to get to here, but I got two interviews here later on the show as well. Two well-known tag team wrestlers are going to be on the show here later. We got Marty Jannetty and Brian Knobs. What a duo to start the week <laughs> off here. That's awesome. Are they separate interviews or uh, two different interviews? They're right? separate. Inter- unfortunately, I that would be great, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be great? Unfortunately, I couldn't get them together. Uh, oh. I got them separately. But yes, Marty, I, you know, when I look at my list of, you know, what interviews are available and stuff. And I was like, ooh, both tag team specialists here. This is a good combo here. Marty Jannetty and Brian Nobbs. 
Well, it's very timely, too, with uh, the call-ups to WWE last night and the, the burgeoning tag team division there on Raw. So I'm sure you guys have a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. Uh, interesting to hear where Marty's at in his life and his career. Um, I'm sure you guys will all enjoy that. But Brian Knobs, uh, he is producing the Legends of Wrestling event this Saturday in Detroit. Go check it out. Uh, it's going to feature Bret Hart, Ric Flair, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, a whole host of other people. David Arquette's going to fight Ken Anderson. So you're going to hear all about that here from Knobs. But uh, if, if you're just, you know, you're going to hear about it, you should go. You should go to Legends of Wrestling this Saturday in Detroit. Enjoy yourself. Um, and uh, last... That's the only reason to go to Detroit, by the way, just for yeah, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, there's, look, I don't want to trade. Look, you trashed Chicago the other day. I'm not going to have you saying Detroit is also Detroit is a city that is regrowing. It has taken parts of the city that were downtrodden. They've bought them out. They're turning into gardens and different facilities. I've seen seen wonderful photos out of Detroit. I love Chicago. Just but I spent a week in New York. I would never live there. I could live in Chicago. Okay. I love Chicago. Yeah, I, I don't dislike New York, but y'all's crazy on the sidewalks. That's like the worst yep. sidewalk behavior I've ever seen in my entire life was in New York. Yeah, yeah. that and the uh, death death leading pigeons who dive bomb you and try to murder you. So yeah, take your stuff. Uh, and if you're enjoying this show, guys, every Friday, there's a video version of the Winkley, me and Raj Geary over on the Ringside Wrestling app. Go download the Ringside Wrestling app. We've already gotten really nice comments. We've only done two episodes of this. It's really just Raj and I for about 20 minutes top uh, talking the top stories of the week. And then we, uh, we've been airing interviews that we get as well. Uh, great reaction. I hope you guys enjoy it. Ringside Wrestling app. That's the place to go to get the Friday episode of The Winkly, the video episode of The Winkly. And uh, I did tease a, an announcement here for today, and, and I'll come right out and say um, it's coming next Tuesday because I found out uh, that the ske- my schedule for when I could make the announcement got pushed back a week. But it's a good announcement, and I'm looking forward to next Tuesday. I promise you, top of the show, big announcement. It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. All right. With that, Michael. Tune right. back in next week. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> Wonderful. Petering off. Okay. With that, let's get to it here. Let's get to some news you can use. News that'll leave a bruise. Now, we're going to get to all the superstar shakeup and the raw goings on last night, but there was some news this morning, Michael, and that is that Vince McMahon is teasing the biggest acquisition in SmackDown Live history for tonight's show. Who's it going to be? Who's this acquisition? What do you think? The Miz is coming back, baby. Coming back to the blue brand. Nah, he looked too good on hours Raw. Later. <laughs> looked too good on Raw, bloodied and, and badass like that? Nah, no way. It's got to be It's got to be either, I mean, Roman Reigns, right, jumps to mind, but would they advertise him as the biggest acquisition? So I think either Reigns or Brock Lesnar, right? Brock, I, I feel like Brock's going to go away here for a little bit. You know, Baron Corbin would make sense, right? Because, like, of the way that Vince McMahon has always seemed to, like, Held up Baron Corbin, but I don't know. No. Maybe. No. Biggest acquisition in SmackDown Live is better than AJ Styles was back in the day. I don't know. You know who I you know who I think it is in the back of my head? Not, I don't know or not, but I think it might be Gronkowski. I think it could be Gronk. Hmm. Okay. So you're thinking outside the realm of typical wrestlers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if this is going to be – I mean, if it's supposed to be an actual big, cool acquisition, I mean, Gronkowski would be would be pretty good, right? Or, or you know, long shot – Probably not would be Conor McGregor would be the other one. I know he's got a couple legal dust ups right now, but, you know, he's trying to, you know, stick it to the UFC right now. I could see him trying to finagle a deal with Vince. Sure. Well, I mean, we're in April right now. So we're, you know, what, May, June, July, August, September. We're about six months out from this uh, Fox deal going into action. So I imagine they're going to start building up that roster from here on out. Roman Reigns, I think, makes a lot of sense if you're going with guys on the roster. Brock Lesnar could be interesting. Nobody kind of knows what he's doing next. Um, 
I, I think you could also go with Seth Rollins here. And the reason it's the biggest in history is because he is the current reigning universal champion. So uh, that would, that would be a way to go with it. Yeah, that's true. You got both champs on the same brand. I just, I think if it's not like some troll, if it's not like Bobby Lashley or Baron Corbin or whatever, then I think, I think I'm thinking outside the box here. I don't think it's somebody on the roster. I think it'll be somebody, somebody different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's Cody get- Rhodes, Cody Rhodes coming back to, <laughs> Oh, for oh, could you imagine? That'd be great. Kenny Omega finally signed the deal. Oh, passed on Impact, broke his AEW contract. Kenny Omega to SmackDown. All for SmackDown Live, baby. Oh man. Uh, well, let's get to uh, Raw last night. The part of that, the first half of the Superstar Shakeup that we did see. Uh, we'll start off, of course, at the end. The big move here. AJ Styles has now joined Raw. He teamed with Reigns and Rollins to defeat Lashley, McIntyre, and Corbin. Uh, AJ left the ring, I guess, after the cameras stopped rolling, and then out came. Dean Ambrose to give his WWE farewell to Canada. So we'll take this in two parts. Uh, first, AJ Styles to Raw. Are you a fan of this move or not, Michael? It was the, it was the one big move last night that I thought made a lot of sense, especially if you are keeping Seth Rollins over there. There could be some fun between those two guys, even though they're both on the up and up right now. Sure. But AJ Styles adds a different dynamic to Monday Night Show that I think that show is missing. He, he's a certain kind of wrestler who can go. He was right at home in the blue brand, but the matchups that he can have on Raw now – uh, fascinate me from a variety of different perspectives. And, and I'd love to see them have a run with the uh, Universal Championship. It's something different for him. So I like this move a lot. It was the one move that felt like a big deal last night. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, you, you got you got to have a couple big names move around here. For my money, and we'll get to him here in a little bit, but I thought Usos and Naomi was a big get for, for Raw as well. Oh, we get to him right now. I thought the Usos and Naomi were, were a big get for Raw. I've seen those three as really part of the core of SmackDown for, for a long time now. I mean, especially the Usos with the, the way they've just dominated in the tag division over on SmackDown, I thought adding, you know, those three into the mix over on Raw really felt like a shift. Like there was there was something there was they're moving some real talent over here to Raw. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. But also they haven't done enough with the talent surrounding them to make me buy into it. yet. What I mean by that is you take somebody like the Usos, right? Great tag team right at home on SmackDown. To your point, a lot of talent there. But they had a potential feud with the Hardy Boys coming up, right? They had they had a lot of teams over there to fight with. And the Raw tag team division is in this weird spot where it's not real tag teams. It's kind of in disarray. Your tag team champs are a little bit of a joke team. I don't know that I'm convinced that the Usos are going to be used properly yet, so I'm holding off on that one. I like the Naomi edition. I hope it spotlights her more. I think there's some interesting things you could do with her and Alexa Bliss. Uh, we know where the women's tag team division is right now in Raw and where the belts are with, with two belt Becky, Becky two belt. So, again, I think Naomi could be a great addition, but I got to see them do more with this women's division on Raw before I am 100% on board thinking this is a big deal. Okay, so much to, so much to tackle here. I feel like there's like eight stories I need to talk about at once right now. Okay. I'll try to slow it down. Uh, I, I don't. I don't want to move too quickly past the fact that Dean Ambrose came out and gave his Canadian farewell speech. Still very weird that this man is still making appearances and they're dragging this out. Is it not? Was he paid for that speech? This is and they're advertising this uh, Shield breakup story for WWE Network at nine thirty on Sunday night. They've done a whole special about them. This, this is crazy. This is too nice of a way to treat a guy who's leaving you potentially for right. for another company. Right. They're building him up on his way out to possible competition. That's not the way businessmen do it. I, I think we're going to get swerved here with Ambrose. Anyway, back on tracks here. You know, you brought up the Usos here. Who do, Who's the tag teams over there on Raw? Well, they beat Gable and Rude. Of course, Ricochet and Black were on the other side of that. You got the Revival, you know, there as well. But, oh, boy, do we have a new addition to the tag team division of Raw. Uh, have, you heard of, have you heard of independent breakout sensation, the Viking experience? I think I rode that at Disney World. It was Universal. Universal. No, no, no. no. It's the you know the Viking experience. Eric and Ivar. 
You know, that's that TV show that came on Discovery, right? The Viking? No, no. Enough with the jokes. This is upsetting. <laughs> like, even I had the same guttural reaction that everybody else did. First of all, you got, I, I got to call them still the War Raiders, a.k.a. War Machine. Both names way cooler than the Viking experience. Uh, you got these guys coming out there. Different names. Already felt weird. And also, current NXT Tag Team Champions, uh, when Ciampa and Gargano showed up, they had their belts. I don't know why these guys did not come out as the NXT Tag Team Champions. If you go to the WWE.com website, though, the NXT Champions have been updated to reflect their new name, the Viking Experience. So oh, thank God. Thank you for that input, Mike. That's exactly what I wanted right there, was that, <laughs> that bit of knowledge. You know, it was, it was weird to me, too, because, like, Ricochet and Black, it take over. They have this, like, emotional moment after they lose to the War Raiders, right? And they all hug, and there's all these backstage photos they get called up. Well, guess what? The guys that beat you, they're getting called up anyway, too, you know? It's just, it was, it caught me so off guard. I, I really don't even, I, I mean, I'm sure the matches will be good, like I said with the Usos, but it's so off guard. I, I don't know how I can like this right now, the way it came across. It seems it caught, caught us off guard, but also completely unnecessary. Other teams have come up, like the Revival, with their NXT names, and it kind of has stuck. And why they went so kind of out of left field, I get it. Like, War Raiders, um, not the most, you know, original name in the first place. Absolutely agree with that. But the Viking experience, and, and again, I've said this before, Vince McMahon saw Game of Thrones Sunday night, or saw clips from Game of Thrones Sunday night, and he said, you know what, Vikings, that's what we need more of here in the world wrestling entertainment. Very and that, but that's it. That's the gimmick. That's the gimmick right there. I mean, sure. Well, I mean, but you also pointed out that there's no Vikings in, in Game of Thrones. So I, <laughs> I love this. If you if you read that WWE.com description, it says, Ivar and Eric, whose gruff exteriors would look right at home beyond the wall in Game of Thrones, except those people are not Vikings. They're the Wadlings. So. Okay, there you go. They're very different. My, I'm so sorry that you got hot about this. You know, you know who <laughs> is a Viking is Edge. On the show Vikings on the History Channel, maybe this yeah. is where maybe this is our chance to bring, you know. And then Christian does the 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 fighting show, right? Night fight, good good chance. Maybe bring him <laughs> into it, you know. That's the next team is the Night Fighters. I can't wait till they get called up. It, it's it's unfortunate because it's kind of a silly name, and it seems like a name solely focused on making these guys out to be Vikings instead of what they were before, which is was just destructive monsters. Yeah. But, but they have a history of doing this with NXT tag teams who are really good, and they call them up and change their name and then make them something entirely different. We don't even – where are the agents of pain lately, right? Where would all these great tag teams over time – Authors of pain. Authors of pain. Authors. I mean, authors of pain, yes. Sorry. Authors of pain. Where are all these great tag teams we've had called up who were great mainstays and main eventers in NXT – where are they now? You know, it's it's um Well, I believe one of the I believe one half of the AOP is injured. I think that's I think it's uh, Taka or Razor. I'm sorry. That's oh, that's right. No, yeah. it's Razor Occam. So, so somebody is injured. You, I think you are right about that. Yeah, but, that's where AOP's at. But the revival, the way that they kind of got, you know, booked, you know, throughout their time on on Raw, they did win the championship. I get that, but they were booked to lose a whole lot. Um we've just had a lot of tag teams who were very destructive and NXT get called up and kind of turn into these weird gimmicks who don't really matter. Yeah. Uh, very odd. I hate the name, the Viking experience, but you know, again, I keep reading, you know, from different people on the interwebs that, you know, there's the word war and Vince and WWE don't like the word war on their television pro program. And it's like, come on, you did the Monday night war. Like you're synonymous with war. Your whole thing is been fighting. That's war. You know, I don't know how you get around it.
I don't know. You call them Vikings. I, I guess it's what they think of as being synonymous with war without actually calling it war, right? I suppose so. Uh, well, uh, back to some more uh, talent being moved around here. Miz has now officially joined Raw. He immediately texts Shane, uh, bloodied himself in the process. Looked like a badass here. Uh, I'm gonna. I think they're gonna keep with the direction of Miz being a, a good guy. See how far they can take it over here on the Red Brand. I think that's interesting because I, it seems like they are splitting up Shane McMahon, who was a SmackDown mainstay from The Miz. But I guess with the McMahons kind of being in charge of everything, that maybe you don't have to go that direction. We can let this feud live on just a little bit longer through Money in the Bank. Yeah. The Miz being over here, I was not on board with this when I first saw it last night because I think he's such a great fit for SmackDown. Right. But Agreed. there are three hours of programming to fill on Raw. And if you think that Miz segments could occupy some of that and make it feel different, maybe I'm back on board with this a little bit more. I'm with you, man. I like Miz on SmackDown. I'm I'm gonna wait and see with how he does on Raw. But on SmackDown, there's always like you know, SmackDown's a much more action, athletic driven show, and Miz is such a great foil to all those type competitors. And also, Miz and Miss airs right after SmackDown, right? Like that's your right. that's your lead in the, to their show is is their SmackDown show. So I'll wait and see on this one. But I was with you. My my gut was like, mm, I don't know. I like Miz on SmackDown. Uh, Andrade and Zelina Vega, they moved to Raw. Uh, Andrade defeated Balor in a non-title match. Hopefully, they you know, it clicks. It, it just never really got going for him on SmackDown. I, I don't know if it's going to be any better for him over on Raw. It felt like he was always right on the cusp of, of kind of having a breakout moment on SmackDown. You know, great matches with Rey Mysterio that did not culminate in anything. Maybe this feud with Balor will go somewhere. Maybe he will be a future Intercontinental Champion. I don't like Finn losing here, but I get it. guess it makes sense to make your new guy kind of look strong in his debut. So I love him. He's a great talent. Glad they paired him back up with Selena Vega. This this could be good for him, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and speaking of Rey Mysterio, Rey will be joining Andrade over on Monday nights. He's also moved to Raw. Uh, he took out Elias during the show, but then he got destroyed by Lars Sullivan, and then they announced Lars Sullivan has officially joined Raw. I like that the the trend for Lars is people that, like, you know, accomplish things, right? They get a win. They run a guy off. They win titles. Uh, Lars always takes your moment. He just beats you down. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> kind of digging the path of destruction for Lars Sullivan. It looks makes him look strong. I mean, he, he is getting some of that heat behind him he needs. How do you think how uh, how do you think Lacey Evans did here in her first outing on Monday Night Raw? She's officially joined the uh, Raw roster and she uh, she took on or she defeated Natalia after uh, jaw jacking with her and Becky. Well, she earned a spot for the uh, WWE Raw Women's Champ or a title shot at the WWE Women's Championship, right? That's right. So, yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I she was fine. I, I think that we've seen more of her, and I don't know a whole lot about her history, backstory, all of that jazz, where she comes from. She was maybe a little bit nervous at times. I sensed it, how it came across on TV. Nothing looked particularly bad to me with her in-ring stuff, but that wasn't a particularly exciting match either. So Yeah, I thought the same way. I thought it was just a little slowly paced. I mean, I, yeah. I know they're probably holding stuff out for pay-per-view or whatever, but eh, a lot of rest holds, I thought, in the Lacey match. But, you know, she's been getting heat with, with Becky the past couple weeks. I'm sure these two will work well together. Uh, hopefully the, they can click a little better on a, on a pay-per-view platform match-wise. Um, EC3, he's now officially added to Raw. He got squashed by Braun Strowman here. I absolutely hated this. It was like the most liked, retweeted tweet I've done in forever. It was just like, this is dumb. Why, like, why is this happening? Uh, what's going on in here? What's, what's your theory of the situation? He's, 
he's got to have something going on backstage, right? I mean, yeah. why else would you take a guy that's got this look, got this star potential, this much charisma, and do this to him week after week? They barely show him, and then when they do bring him out, he gets squashed. And I know some people will say, well, that's just Braun Strowman. They're making Braun look good. EC3 is kind of a, a heel anyway, so you don't need to do anything with him. But the Raw audience has no reason to get behind this guy whatsoever. And in fact, EC3 looks rather puny by what little action he's been able to take since coming to Raw. So yeah. I hate it. I, I hate it. And I don't know why you would do it unless you have a bone to pick with him. And, and in which case, I feel bad for EC3. He's a great talent. Yeah, you know, and I think back to uh, the dark match for uh, SmackDown after Mania last week was um, EC3 with Drake Maverick taking on Luke Harper. And Luke won that match. And I actually got to watch, like, EC3 and Drake work together as a unit. You know, Drake was managing... EC3 and I, I just thought they worked really well together. I was I was surprised to see EC3 out there without Drake by his side. I mean, they obviously just like abandoned Drake as the manager. They've abandoned all hope. I, I felt mm, I don't know. Mm. The, the, I mean, the Drake thing I think is a great idea. It would be really smart to pair them up. But why? Again, why is EC3 being so misused right now when he didn't even? I mean. He could have been your NXT champion at some point. They didn't get a chance to go there with him, so I thought bringing him up to the main roster, they must have big plans for him, but yeah. that is not the case, apparently. And maybe maybe it's building to, like, Ethan, like, digging down and realizing something, like he's too, he's too obsessed with his body, and he, like, you know, cuts a great promo, and he gets back into the mix. Um, but, you know, I'll hold my breath on that one for now. We'll see. Best-case scenario, I would hope. Uh, Eric Young was added to Raw via uh, graphic. <laughs> like, <laughs> is that what okay thank you i i figured i had skipped it because i always start raw a little bit late and i fast forward through commercials and i was like maybe i missed this at some point so how was he added in actually i saw a tweet that had his where it was like from wwe and it's like already from smackdown to raw and it had like eight people in it and one of them was eric young and so we were all like all right well we are now led to believe eric young has joined raw which seems to be the case now today killian dane hopped on Twitter and, like, thanked uh, Alexander Wolf and Eric Young for the time, saying how much he's enjoyed being insanity. It seems like this faction is done. I don't know what's going to happen here with Wolf and Dane. It's unfortunate. Uh, I always felt like they were they have been so mis misused or underused since coming to the main roster. Sanity was a great faction that had such big potential. But uh, Eric Young is a huge talent here, and I don't know why they would dismiss this get uh, through just a simple graphic because Eric Young can take garbage and make gold out of it. So yeah, I don't I don't it, feel bad for Eric Young though because he's so used to this where it's like. Oh, you're not going to use me? That's okay. I'll just do good work until you find something for me. And then he always seems to get a chance to break out. So I think for him, I don't think he's sweating it. I think he's just like, yep, this has pretty much been the story of my career. <laughs> you know, like. I mean, I guess it's true. Um, but for them to bring him over, do, uh, my question always is, do they actually have plans for this guy? Or are they just trying to move pieces around to make it seem like they're doing something? You know, create motion to make it look like you're working. Hey, I hope Eric Young gets a chance to be Eric Young on Raw. A little bit more of the goofy Eric Young. You know, they could use a comedy character right over on Raw at the moment. He'd be great at that. Um, as far as Wolf and Dane, I mean, they're, they're they're suitable as a tag team. I don't know if you repackage them. I mean, Killian Dane kind of has that look I feel like would fit in the cult of Daniel Bryan right now. <laughs> um, he was another guy that kind of, you know, just like Eric Rowan, you know. Uh, you know, what do you do with this guy? I, I would I could see the cult of Daniel Bryan expanding possibly. Maybe with both. Who knows? You know, they're gentle souls. They, they, yeah. they, they were insanity. 
you know. Oh, I like I like where you're going with that. I, I would like to see you mention Eric Young being a comedy character. I would like to see him as being a comedy character who can wrestle, though. We don't get enough of those guys. Too many comedy characters are just, you know, essentially baloney, right? And I'd love to see him as a guy who's like, well, he's funny and he's fun, but then when he goes in the ring, you're like, holy crap, right? I love the idea of like Daniel Bryan just recruiting the members of other cults where their leader <laughs> where their leader let them down. He's like, Rowan, I told you, buddy. Bray, Bray's not there for you in the long run. Wolf, Dane, Eric Young, another failure. You guys, you need a real cult leader. I will be that for you. you know? He just starts, he goes back into the history books. Luke Gallows, Straight Edge Society, let's make this happen. Come on, <laughs> come on. Right to censor, what's the good father doing these days? Let's Come on in, come on in. Charles Wright, get on, jump on, jump on the train. Jump on the hoe train. Come on, let's oh, get a part man. of it. Uh, and lastly, your Cedric Alexander has moved from 205 Live to Raw. Uh, I guess we'll wait and see here what, what happens uh, with Cedric on Raw. That, that could go any which way of, to, of Sunday, in my opinion. Um, all right. Now, the, there was a other bit of news here on Raw, and that is that Naomi, which we talked about, joined Raw. She tagged with Bailey to pick up a victory over the Iconics, which opens up to our second big story of the day, Michael. Why is Naomi tagging with Bailey, and why does it mean something that they picked up a victory over the Iconics. Are you ready for this story, Michael? Yes. I have been ready for the story. I almost led with this, and I was like, no, we got to lead with the shakeup. It's weird. It's a weird story, right? It's a weird one. All right. Wrestling Observer, we'll start with this. The Observer is reporting that Sasha Banks reportedly tried to quit WWE due to how they got, how Howard and Bailey got booked at WrestleMania 35. Now, this is why Sasha apparently was hot. This is why she canceled on the Willie D. Williams show, pissing off everyone off there. Uh, Sasha was reportedly under the impression that WWE would be giving them a chance to have a strong run with the titles, to bring credibility to the new bull, to the new belts, establish them as serious titles. And then the decision was made to go with the Iconics as champions, a team that some say, uh, I would guess them, will make the titles feel more of a gimmick comedy belt uh, duo there. Now, Sasha has been given a few weeks by WWE to think things over. Now, Pro Wrestling Sheet is reporting on top of this that Bailey and Sasha were reportedly lying on the floor of the locker room at MetLife Stadium on Sunday, loudly making it known they were unhappy about dropping the titles. It was also noted that they made a similar scene back at the WWE Hotel, a story which Ryan Satin has gone on to defend. Now, Sasha Banks <laughs> is no longer following WWE or Vince McMahon on Twitter, but we can't confirm that she ever was, you know, we didn't get to see the before or after, but she's not following them, but she is now following AEW, Cody, the Bucks, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega. Uh, she tweeted and then deleted the following. If you only knew you mocks, uh, and it was hashtag raw hashtag SmackDown PW insiders reporting that Sasha was not backstage at raw. And Corey Graves noted on commentary during Bailey and no means match against the iconics that Sasha Banks has lost her ball and quit the game. It's a lot. That's everything. That's all of that's all of the Sasha Banks news for the last five days. I condensed it all there. Michael, what's your take on what's going on with Sasha? You left out two of the most important hashtags on that Sasha Banks tweet. She also hashtagged not only NXT UK, but progress and evolve, both which kind of fall under the WWE umbrella these days. Right. So strange things afoot here with Sasha Banks. Obviously, if you are a fan of the sport and you watch Sasha Banks and Bailey lose the titles to the Iconics, it felt like a weird change. We all thought Sasha Banks and Bailey would kind of bring some prestige to these titles, that they might have a lengthy run with them, especially since they are new championships. So for them to lose them so quickly to a tag team that's not been much of a team, really, as far as wrestling goes, 
was strange at WrestleMania. And all that being said, the fact that WWE addressed Sasha Banks' strange behaviors, these stories came out over the weekend, you kind of figured WWE would just sweep it under the rug, ignore it for a few days. The fact that they went out of their way to address it on Raw last night with the Graves commentary about she took her, I mean, Michael Cole may alluded to it, why Bailey was teaming with somebody different, but Graves went out of his way to say she lost her ball and quit the game. Now, he's a heel, so of course he's going to say something negative about a, a, a good women's wrestler, right? A person who is on the up and up. But the fact that they were encouraged to do this, obviously they were encouraged to do this by somebody backstage, presumably this man, is so bizarre unless they're really trying to stick it to her or, number two, that this is all part of some kind of elaborate work. The fact that Banks went out of her way to unfollow WWE, but also Vince McMahon, we all know Vince McMahon does not manage his own Twitter. There's no way in the world that happens, right? That she did that almost seems petty, so this whole story is very strange. I absolutely think that if Sasha Banks, who has been booked terribly alongside Bailey in the last couple of years, um, been very misused in most cases, if they lost the titles after being promised a lengthy title run, could completely understand here why they are or were and have been so upset about this. This is a big deal. And to lose at WrestleMania after being promised something you didn't get well, especially to wrestlers who care about wins and losses, yeah. that's a big punch to the gut. But it's just strange that WWE is addressing it so directly. It just, you know, and it sounds like to me this is more of uh, the culmination of a lot of uh, struggle or distress for Sasha. Sure. A lot of stuff maybe we don't know about. I mean, on its surface, you know, I'm kind of of the camp where it's like, come on, we're all professionals here. Laying on the ground screaming that you didn't get your way over a predetermined wrestling match just doesn't that's not my style you know i never you know i've been in a lot of locker rooms done a lot of shows i've never been upset you know i've never seen a wrestler i've never actually seen a wrestler like really upset about their booking in in a locker room i mean like really throw down about it. i've heard i've heard uh a couple stories from some guys some promoters who have dealt with wrestlers who got upset over booking and like no showed or were behind closed doors a little worse but I've never outwardly seen anybody complaining to the level I'm hearing about in these reports about their booking. And that, to me, it's just kind of like, you know, I get it. You're unhappy. But, again, this is theater. You don't get mad if you're Macbeth that you die at the end of the play. Macbeth, well, this is there's, Macbeth there's should live. Here, though, Nick. You know? I don't know. Like, no, there's something different, though. And I, the thing is here is it feels like for the first time in a long time, and how long this lasts, who knows, but there are opportunities outside of WWE to both have your cake and eat it, too. Are you unhappy with the way you're being booked creatively or how you're being used? Go somewhere else. Not only that, they're going to pay you well. You don't have to take indie pay, which has gotten better, don't get me wrong, yeah. but you don't have to take indie pay to get that satisfaction anymore. What do you do, break your contract, though? I mean, I don't know how much longer Sasha has in her contract. You know, I mean, you can't just, like, drop everything and leave. You get sued, you know? <laughs> like, so, I, I, again, it's like you're there. It's theater. I, I get it. You can, I get why you would be unhappy or feel like maybe you're losing out on revenue from merchandise or whatever if you're not top of the card or, or wearing the titles or something like that there's a, certainly a case to be made for that but i don't know again it's like uh, there's better ways to go about it than, than some of the antics I'm, I'm reading about here in the story if they are true as alleged you know sure 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 absolutely it's, it's not professional i totally agree with that yeah um well uh, we'll shift gears here a little bit um we know why sasha's not on tv apparently that's why it sounds like but here's why you're gonna see a couple other wrestlers not on tv Pretty soon, and that is because of injuries. Big E has revealed he has torn his meniscus. WWE confirmed the injury, and they've said he's not medically cleared for action. Big 
big blow here. Big big E going down. Now, also at the same time, Nia Jax has revealed she's going to need double knee surgery. The surgery is going to be to repair her ACLs. That's very painful. Uh, she could be out up to, to nine months. Um, for my money, the bigger loss here, and, you know, you never, you know, whatever. You don't want to see people get injured and go down or away. But the bigger loss for me here, I think, is Big E. The New Day is just such an overact right now. Kofi's so over. I could see Big E doing a lot of stuff right now if he were healthy and good to go. It just made me sad to see him going down. I think Nia Jax will, will go away. She'll come back, and she'll be Nia Jax, and we'll be fine. But this is a very special time right now for the New Day. You, you lose a chance here to have the New Day win the tag team championships and yeah. all three members hold the, the premier championships for their brand at the same time. Yeah. How long is a torn meniscus injury? Uh, how long does that keep you out? I, you know, that's the thing is I didn't see any, I didn't see updates or anything like that on, on how long he would be out. So I can't, I wouldn't give you. I yeah. Give so you. Maybe, maybe a few months is, is what I kind of think it is typically. So depending on how severe it is, I, I think here, Big E, um, listen, he can still be out there at ringside supporting Kofi Kingston. He can still be out there at ringside. Xavier was, even if he is recovering some from this injury, they can still find creative ways to use him to keep him in the picture. I'm also not convinced Kofi's going to have a long run with the title, especially with big names coming to SmackDown. So I think a lot of this is kind of still an asterisk in my mind. Um, yes, and somebody else that's not going to be on TV here uh, pretty soon is going to be Ronda Rousey. She looks like she's going to be gone for a while here. Rumors of her leaving to start a family appear to be true. as She shared an Instagram photo with her husband, Travis Brown, that included the hashtag impregnation vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see this until you just mentioned it on the air. Uh, Ronda Rousey's like kind of oh. lost her mind here in the past month or so and like started doing some really goofy stuff that I'm actually kind of digging. She did like the uh for April Fool's Day they released it a sax tape. Her and Travis, did you see that? No, I did not see this. It's just her playing the saxophone around her husband like a toy saxophone for like half an hour. It's freaking ridiculous. Oh. <laughs> it's pretty This good. is have you have you hashtagged impregnation vacation on Twitter? Is this a real thing or is it just her? I, I think it, it, everything I'm seeing right now is just um, people talking about the story here about Ronda Rousey. I think it's just her. There is no real hashtag here for impregnation vacation. It's a good, you know what? If you're looking for a good excuse to get off work, you know, for a week and you tell your boss, like, look, um, my <laughs> wife and I are trying. We are going to go on an impregnation vacation. I think that that sounds legit enough. You might be able to get off for a few days. Who's going to question it? Oh, well, also, there's that joke works on multiple levels. <laughs> A uh, bit of WrestleMania news here. We still have Mania news, even though it's well over now. Uh, Wrestling Observer reporting that Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman pushed for Brock's Mania match to go first rather than the semi-main main event because they felt like it was going to get a bigger reaction later in the show. They thought the crowd would be dead. And guess what? I think they were right. That we was all <laughs> were dead. It was a cool way to start Mania, too. I actually loved it. It was like two and a half minutes, boom, bang, in, out. Seth Rollins up. Everybody's going crazy. I thought it was just a very – I thought it was a good way to start the show. You knew what was going on last. I hate. I love to see championships go on last, but for this case, it made a lot of sense. Yeah, I dug it. It yeah. was a good call. Good call. Good call from Paul Heyman there. Uh, Pro Wrestling Sheet reporting that the Road Dog may be taking uh, the backstage role that Art Anderson held for WWE Live events as he has stepped down as the co-lead writer for WWE SmackDown. There's also a chance he could get uh, a shot doing commentary here, it looks like. So they're going to try to find a way to keep – road dog in the mix um i like road dog i mean his intro is like classic and stuff i don't know that i want to listen to road dog do commentary i feel like he yeah. can get distracting a little jokey he is he's a little bit of that jokey era i think a, a backstage role like arn anderson would be perfect for him mm -hmm. people like to pile on smackdown 
you see why there was always that push and pull of, of good episodes and bad episodes now, I guess. So I, I'm glad Road Dogg's going to stick around, though. Uh, we also got on Raw a creepy vignette, a new creepy vignette for, I guess, it looks like Bray Wyatt. Uh, they've been doing the buzzard one the past couple weeks. Now we've got a whole creepy uh, children's toy room, and there's this creepy, I'm going to guess, Sister Abigail puppet that, that moves its eyes around. And uh, it, look, Michael, I'm, I'm not going to hedge words here. I love this. I think it's great. I think it's awesome. I think if there's any character that could get away with puppetry, in a fun, inventive, creepy way, it would be Bray Wyatt. And I, I say bring it on. I'll go full labyrinth with it. I love it. It's 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 really the the, the first one, the buzzard, gets me a little bit because it looks a little bit too fake once he starts laughing and he coughs, which is strange. I dug the second one, though. The the toys, the dollhouse, the, yes. the final doll that's like straight out of Saw. Um, Bray Wyatt needs something, and this is an interesting route to go. Again, it feels like Vince McMahon this time saw Chucky instead of Game of Thrones and stole that idea, so we're going that direction there. But they can make it work, and I like how creepy it feels. Again, it feels fresh and new for Bray Wyatt. I, I freaking love it. More more creepy puppets from Bray Wyatt. I actually, I, I'll give it away. Tomorrow on the show, I'm going to have uh, David Arquette as one of the interviews, and I talked to him about the creepy doll he gave Ric Flair for his birthday. And I'm almost sad that it's not on the show so that I can't pair these two things together. But you're going to get to hear David Arquette talk about creepy puppets on the show tomorrow. It's great. Are they going to sell the I mean, can we get some like toy line coming out of this from Bray Wyatt? Creepy puppets, toy line, dolls, something like that. Yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah, I'll buy them. I'll buy I was watching I was watching Pawn Stars earlier and they were talking about how WWE has like more licensing um, material and agreements or whatever than like any other company possibly like ever in history or something like that. Like it's just, wow. it's, it's like insane how many they have. So anyway, uh, NXT's dominant Dominic Dijavec, Dick Dijic, hmm? deleted That's his, it. thank you, deleted his Twitter account after controversially tweeting the following as well as tagging Donald Trump, Justin Trudeau and Mexican president Andre Manuel Lopez Obrador. Here's what he here's what he tweeted. He said, "This continent has everything backwards. This is a diseased environment that breeds impurity. The streets are almost as filthy as the inhabitants. I would know. I've lived the majority of my life here. I owe it to myself and my family to purify this wasteland." What a maniac! Now, <laughs> right? Did you know that? Did you know? No. <laughs> he had to, he deleted that, and then like he he completely deleted deleted Twitter after that. Um, yeah, a little too close to the line there, buddy. <laughs> like, I get wanting to be a heel, but I think you may walk. I think you may have straight up crossed it with that one. <laughs> I, I mean, you're going to get some attention from that. Just not the right kind. You're going to get a little, uh, secret service attention. As well. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Wrong kind of attention. Yikes. Uh, AEW news. We'll do, we'll wrap it up here before we get to the interviews with some AEW news. The rap reporting that Turner is in advanced talks with AEW for a weekly TV show that would likely air on NXT. It was noted that the deal is definitely not signed and the talks are pretty complex, but not imminent. It is not a sure thing that AEW is going to be presented at the Turner upfronts. Now, Turner also has its Bleacher Report live platform, and it would be a, a sensible outpost for additional sports entertainment overflow. So if they wanted to do a half-hour show or an hour show that's not part of the two-hour show on TNT, that's where they could they could drop it and help fill out Turner's Bleacher Report live platform. An AEW TV show, as noted in the same article here, may not necessarily also be year-round, suggesting there could be an off-season for AEW here. Uh, ProWrestling.net is also reporting that Showtime, Showtime 
could also be in the running as a possible home for AEW. Now, I, you know, I hear the Showtime thing, but for my money, this TNT thing, it just, it all seems so obvious. I feel like this is where they're going. If anything, the only real thing that I took away from this that sounded different is the idea of an offseason, which I would applaud them for. I know that's something that's been buzzed about for a while. And I think if you launched with the intention of doing like a three months off season, it would be fine. And I don't think the fans would be upset at all. This is a, a big deal because it harkens back to WCW, right? And that's why this feels special. It, it is not just they are signing a TV deal. They are signing a TV deal with a network that allowed WCW to compete with and at certain points conquer WWF and Vince McMahon. So this is very unique. It makes a lot of sense. You know, this idea that it could be presented at the upfront seems very imminent, but that it may not be possibly makes sense or that could just be contract posturing, you know, either way. I like this a lot, and it would make AEW feel even more special. Do they? Because it almost felt like at one point that could happen, but that's such a long shot. There's no way TNT or TBS would get back into deal deal with them. So interesting, though. I wonder what the expectations are here for AEW. Do they have certain ratings goals? Are they realistic? You know, you can't just say they're going to get WWE numbers because they're on a mainstream cable network, right? Impact and Spike tried that. AEW's got to be able to deliver something, and I'm assuming. Turner knows that live sports broadcasts do give them a leg up. Uh, but this offseason idea, too, right? It, it kind of creates some desire for your product if you take a few months off and then fans are clamoring for it when it comes back in. You get season premiere numbers, things like that. So I like all of this. Showtime feels a little bit more kind of niche here. And so it make, yeah. might make sense for pay-per-views, but not for weekly TV. Yeah. And, you know, I know uh, personally because like the World Arm Wrestling League is now, I think, owned or mostly owned by Turner, and they do their content for the Bleach Re Report live platform. I know that Turner is hell-bent on getting that thing up and running and uh, making it very viable, and they're trying to do uh, they're trying to do a big tent strategy of including as many sports as possible. I mean, that's why they've got uh, the arm wrestling, and they've got basketball connections. They haven't really filled that pro wrestling void as part of their Bleach Report live app yet, so I, I think that there, I just think there's a lot of reasons that this is going to happen. I think it, it's it, it's going to be a good thing. And you know, look, if they can get to it pretty quick here, come to an agreement. October sounds like when they would be starting off on on Tuesday nights, most likely. Um, that gives them, you know, six months, five six months to have their guys out on other Turner shows, making appearances, promoting this, hyping it, putting materials together. I mean, that's a lot of time to to build interest in this thing rolling into a Tuesday night slot. And I think that it was uh, our good buddy Levy. Margolin, who was looking at the numbers and found out that if they were to uh, meet the current Tuesday night expectations for TNT, it would be like 1.4 million viewers or above, which I think they can do. Yeah, they, they, they could. And again, numbers will be a little bit more generous in the fall because who knows what's going to happen with the streaming networks. But all of TV is dying, so let's bring on some live TV to help boost it up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, last two bits here from AEW. Cody Rhodes is going to face Darby Allen at AEW's Fighter Fest. Uh, which is uh, the Fighter Fest uh, promo that Cody Kenny Omega releases. One of my favorite things in pro wrestling right now. Go find it if you haven't seen it. Uh, but yeah, Cody's going to face Darby Allen at AEW's Fighter Fest, and uh, AEW's officially announced their third show, Fight for the Fallen. It's going to take place in Daly's Plaz Daly's Place Amphitheater at the Tia Bank Field, 7:30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, July 13th. All proceeds from the gate will benefit Jacksonville's Victim Assistance Advisory Council, which coordinates cooperates uh, co coordinates cooperative efforts among social service, criminal justice, mental health, and other agencies to provide assistance to crime victims and their families. 
At this time, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show a former WWE Intercontinental and Tag Team Champion. He's going to be appearing at Farley Con Comic Book Expo in Eastridge, Tennessee, this Saturday, April 13th. It's the one and only Marty Janetti. Marty, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. MJ in the house. <laughs> but I'm nervous, bro. Nervous? Why are you what? nervous? Earth, uh, uh, East Ridge. Where's that? Is that that's right by Chattanooga? I, I have no idea. You're the one appearing. I haven't been to Tennessee since uh, I was like eight. <laughs> yeah. Where, where you at? I'm in Chicago. I feel, I feel like I'm interviewing you. <laughs> where you at? <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm living in Chicago. I grew up in Texas. No, it's not about me, Marty. Yeah, it's about oh, you. Yeah, Chicago boy. Remember Stone Park Stone- up north there by Rosemont Horizon? Sure. Well, now it's the the Rose- It's the uh, and now it's the Allstate Arena. Uh, yeah. Oh, they still got it. Okay. Because mm-hmm. so, don't they got the one downtown where Michael Jordan made it famous? Uh, United Center. Yeah, United Center. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We also have the UIC Pavilion. That's got a lot of pro wrestling history. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. 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 Well, Marty, uh, you are somebody I've wanted to talk with uh, for a long time. You're hard to get interviewed. You don't do a whole, whole lot of this stuff. Um, so I guess, well, well, yeah, go ahead. And the reason for, the reason for that is because I got a book uh, we're working on. (laughs) It should be done next month. Really? But, um, you know, they, they tell me limit, limit, limit. Because, you know, they don't want the the book material out. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit. I didn't know you had a book coming out. Tell me about, do you write it yourself? Do you have a ghostwriter? How'd how'd this come about? Hell no, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I, I started, but I got ADHD to the max. (laughs) And and I'll write like two sentences, and it's like, man, where's the girl? <laughs> and that's been a problem with my career, girl crazy, girl crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 you know they they called us the rockers, and one of the reasons was, and Vince is good about this. He he picks out your personality, and then gives you a character that's right there at it. That, which is great because you're going to be able to do that good, <laughs> you know, because it's it's your own personality with the volume turned way up. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and and you know, so to be in a rocker <laughs> my whole life, it means, and I hate I hate to say this, I hope your 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 fans and followers don't get mad, but the sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I'm I'm older now, so so now we just leave out the sex. <laughs> no, I was just kidding. <laughs> the, the drugs. Yeah, <laughs> we leave that out now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You but kinda, anyway, yeah, you kind of infamously party pretty hard, Marty. Party Marty. Um, accidentally. Accidentally. Now, so that's uh, you know one of the things I hear from people is you know is they always want to know just how how are you doing? I mean, mentally, physically, how are you holding up these days? I, I'm having a problem with my ankles, and bro, it's it's a hard adjustment from being a world-class athlete to having the gimp. And, and some days I have to use a crutch. Like I just did this, uh, this week. I guess you were up there this weekend for WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, bro, I get, you know, my fans, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and, you know, some friends and stuff via Facebook. Hey, y'all look me up on Facebook um, and Twitter, but I, I really, I'm still learning Twitter. And, and when you got so much to do, it, it's it's so hard to keep up with more than one site. Yeah, and, and stay with Facebook because you know that's that's. Uh, been, I know how to navigate on that one. Sure. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter still messing me up. Instagram still messing me up. <laughs> but um, yeah, I seen so many some like this last week in Japan. 
it was people, and, and that's the thing about WrestleMania. They come in from everywhere, <laughs> and you know, so you get to see your your you know your Japan people, your Germany people, your London people, or England, England, UK. You know, you get to see everybody. Yeah. And now with this injury, I'm embarrassed because I, and I don't want to say no names. I'll say a couple, <laughs> but when I look at guys that were my time frame, you know, the eighties, like. Sheik, Iron Sheik, he, um, man, he's in a wheelchair. Yeah. Um, one other one of the boys, I'll say it because I'm saying it respectfully. Duke, Duke the dumpster, Drozzy, y'all remember him? Oh, yeah. He's got, from his knee down, he's got a, a titanium, you know, stick leg. He does great with it. But I guess the point is, seeing all my other boys in front of people like that, well, for me alone, I see that and it hurts my feelings because I don't want to see them like that. Yeah. And so I can only think what fans must think yeah. when they see us like that. Yeah. You know, so it's like, gosh. And mine's only a gimp. I can get it fixed. I don't. I don't have health insurance, so it's going to cost me a little bit. <laughs> but um, and, and I got it. I could do it now, but then I'll be broke. <laughs> and if I don't make no money after that, where am I going to eat? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I guess that's the thing is, you know, you talk about, you know, people seeing those guys in that condition, you know, people, you know, worry yeah. about wrestlers as, as they're aging and things like that. Have you done anything to, you know, make improvements in your life, uh, make sure that you can maintain a longer quality of life? Are you making any steps in that direction? Trying, but it's so hard when you, when you got self-doubt and, and uh, my dad once told me this, he goes, if you ain't got self-respect, it don't matter what you got, you ain't got nothing. And it's hard to respect yourself when you can't, you can't walk. Like again, again, it's coming from a, a world-class athlete. <laughs> we did all that. Now I can't even walk out to the trash can to put the trash out. <laughs> I got to let it smell up the house before I finally do. That's, that's a... It's hard, bro. It's a hard adjustment. Yeah. Have you talked to, I mean, I know DDP is one of those guys that's like really helped a lot of the guys, you know, turned around. Yeah. And I like love yeah, I love him to death. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna say nothing negative, but there was a couple of negative things. Did so um, now? Okay, so not talking to Dallas about maybe hopping on the yoga train or anything like well, that. Well, we, we we did, and his response was not one I like. Okay, but and I'll leave it at that. I'm not gonna you know say nothing because I actually love him to death. When he first got in, man, he was 1986. He was a manager for Bad Company, which is Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond. Sure. And then it went on to be the Orient Express, which we had so many good matches with them. But when they started as bad company in AWA days back then, like I said, A6, he was a manager. And, man, I loved him to death. He's so cool and stuff. <clears throat> but he just, uh, he was goal-oriented. I'll give him that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah, I'm going to leave it alone because I don't want to say nothing negative. Sure, I just bring it up because, you know, you tell the story about how hard it is for you to take out the garbage and things like that. You know, I, Marty, you know, I, I do. I hear from people, you know, they you you are somebody, Marty, that people have the fondest of memories with. I mean, the barbershop window stuff. I mean, hell, even just a couple years ago, that like blow away yeah. match you had with Kurt Angle on SmackDown that just caught the whole like wrestling world. One of my favorite, too. That was his favorite. Well, talk, you know, let's, it was so, yeah, let's jump into it. Yeah, talk to me a little bit about that match. That was crazy. Well, 
and and actually we did the rocker reunion the night before right uh, on raw that was smackdown mm-hmm. um they called me up and said hey would you be interested in this like hell yeah <laughs> what am i doing i'm just sitting here looking for neighbor girls <laughs> of course i would be <laughs> and um you know and we went in and you know talk, i talked to sean and he was like yeah man you know it's all good and we we did if you saw the match we did. It was like we didn't miss a beat. Yeah. Only one thing, bro. When we went to do nip ups or kip ups, however they want to say it, we had never missed those in our entire life. It was double. Like we do it together with like hip toss the guy, double yeah. hip toss, and with that, and then we double kip up. He fell backwards. I, I put. I had to put a hand down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we had never, ever, ever missed that before. Never missed that. <laughs> you know, just one thing out of rocker. But anyway, that was that night. Uh, it, it was a Monday night. It was raw. And then the next night was a match with Kurt Angle. Yeah. And they actually gave me the contract. They gave me a contract <clears throat> over over <laughs> that reunion. Sean tried to take credit. I love him, man, but he'll bullshit a little bit, even though even through his Christianity. <laughs> That's my boy. But um, and, and what I mean by that is he called me and goes, Marty, Vince was really impressed. And I said, maybe you should give him a contract. That's Sean saying, you know, tell him Vince that. Yeah. Which he owns, Vince. We don't need to know why. <laughs> but... So, uh, so um, John Laurinaitis, who was the vice president at the time, came up and goes, Vince liked your man so much, you've signed this. And it was the biggest contract money-wise ever. For me, for me, I mean. And it was nice. I ain't going to throw numbers. Yeah, we'll have a million. <laughs> and then I had some legal problems come up later. Oh, that's but a- the Kurt Angle match, man, that was a bonus because they had already hired me. I already signed the contract. So then when I deal with that with Kurt, on SmackDown the next day. Gosh, damn, Kurt is good. Sean's good. Well, he's one of the best. I put Kurt right up there with him. Hmm. And 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 the hard thing is when you come from amateur style, you know, when you're, you're a collegiate wrestler in the Olympics like him, it's hard to make the adjustment because now you can throw ninjas. <laughs> now you can throw people. And, 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 and you know, college resident collegiate, it's like potentially dangerous. Do it again, you're, <laughs> you lose. And it's so hard for, you know, people to adjust. Yeah. But that brother, unbelievable. I, I think Ronda Rousey's doing great, you know, because she's coming from shoot, you know, shoot fighting. Yeah. And and now she got to hold back. <laughs> when a bitch does something, should have. She got a whole back because, man. <laughs> so are you keeping up with the product right now? Are you still watching what WWE does and all of that? Well, yeah. You know what I do? I do seminars now. I had a couple of wrestling schools, very successful. But I keep moving, moving on and moving. Um, I'm, I'm doing, you know, I'm in, I'm try, and I'm trying so much to be in the movie industry because I, I always said that my transition after wrestling, movies. <laughs> and we already got sort of an acting background, <laughs> but they, uh, but um, yeah, you know, um, 
Yeah, that's what train of thought was. I'll say, oh, or guys said, no, talking about, that. Talking about tra- <laughs> no, no, no. So you're talking about transitioning, how you wanted to make the, the leap from wrestling to, to movies and how you had a background yeah. as, a, as a wrestler. Yeah, and, 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 and ain't it crazy now that Vince, <laughs> he can do that for you. Yeah. <laughs> He's making movies. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But, I just saw, I watched your, and, I, watched Sean, I watched Shawn Michaels in the Marine 5 the other day, you know. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, I got to watch that now. How do you do? He's good. He's got another movie coming out um, where he's gonna be a bad guy, like a heel, like a like a villain on screen that I'm more, I'm kind of interested in seeing here pretty soon. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, here was the thing though, and I think The Rock went in and and and, and took care of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean did something with like one of them Hawaiian shows or something. He he did like it was a series thing where he came in and did a couple, you know, a couple segments. I don't know if it was. No, I don't think it was Hawaii Five. Oh, that's that's way back. But it was some something similar. Okay. And they did not. They did not like them. And they cut all wrestlers off. Like, nope, no more wrestlers. Really? I don't know what he did. I, you know what? I think it was Pacific Blue. If I had to, if I had to. Guess. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's, that's it. So bizarre that I know that. But wait. So wait. The pack. No, it's not. It's not what that happened. Uh, so wait. Pack Blue didn't like Sean, and they were like, "No more wrestlers on the." No, TV no, no, no. Them. No, no. I, I can't say who okay. because I don't know. Sure. But uh, the word was no more wrestlers hmm. because of how he was on set. Mm. And and yeah, me knowing Sean, I'm like, come on, man, damn, why'd you do that? <laughs> yeah. Well, how is your how is your relationship with Sean? You talk about how he like you know was putting you over here when you did the Kurt stuff, but that was a couple years ago. I mean, are you guys still in touch? No, we're good. We're good. We're good. Like whenever we do signings and we see each other, you know, we hug up and all that. Yeah. There was one time. Now you gotta remember, I, I had the rocker personality. I used to party hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was this one I said used to. You heard that, right? Yeah, got it. Because <laughs> you don't, you totally don't anymore. I've heard you're, you're a saint these days. Uh, I wouldn't go with saint, but <laughs> better compared to the pad you up. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But it, you know, but it was one day. It was like two or three years ago in New York. Were you just up there, wasn't you, all weekend? I was. I was there Thursday to Wednesday. Did you see Sean jump Brett during the Hall of Fame thing? That was not Sean jumping Brett. <laughs> <laughs> we all we all thought if it wasn't Sean, he was up to it. <laughs> he put this shit up. <laughs> Jesus. But to finish where we was at, and I forgot what were we. Well, I was just talking about how close you guys were. It sounds like you guys are still talking. Oh, well, we, uh, yeah. yeah, it's like uh, the big event. You know about that in New York City, the big event, and then they bring everybody in. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we see each other. We saw each other there. And we hugged up, you know, we're we loving each other. We're good. Yeah. Well, He's not the way he used to be. Hmm. He, he used to be a, excuse my language, he used to be a dick. Yeah. But now with his religion and maybe older age, and, and he ain't got no hair. <laughs> I don't know what, but he's different. He's good now. Good. Well, yeah. I mean, it's and that's all you can do. Yeah, is like a guy because of what they become. You know, and it's interesting because you talk about you know Sean uh, and Vince being so close, and how Sean has you know he's still part of WWE. He's training, you know, doing all that. You know, he has that spot yeah. there. But I, did you see uh, the John Oliver? piece uh from like a week and a half ago that he did talk yeah about. i heard about it i didn't see it but somebody sent me like this uh link to it okay and it, yeah and see 
I really hate to hold on, hold on one second. Yeah, it, it'll only be a second. That's fine. I'm laying out. I gotta get some sun because <laughs> we got the FarleyCon this weekend yes, in Chattanooga. Yes. All right, hold on. Gotta look good for FarleyCon. I I can still kind of talk. That's fine. Yeah, FarleyCon, right. East Eastridge, Tennessee, April thirteenth. Okay. Got it. Okay, back in it. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> Sorry. But what were we saying? Because um, it was kind of important. Well, was I was it? talking. I was asking you if you had seen the John Oliver piece, and you said that you. Oh said, yeah. Been sent a link uh, about it. Here's here's what I can explain, to people. And man, however many people here is now, I'm hoping my attorneys don't go. Damn it! <laughs> Why'd you do that? Yeah. But, but it's it's true, and I ain't trying to be non-truthful even with a lawsuit. Because I I told them, and they said, "No, you're not being untrue." But I'm in a lawsuit against WWE, so there's not going to be no, there can't be Hall of Fame. There can't, even though it's working out real good right now, because Sean just went in twice, Brent's been in twice, Flair's been in twice. Sean would be the only three-timer as the Rockers. <laughs> and everybody's telling me, next year, behave, behave. Well, it's not about, if I was going to behave the way people want me to behave, I'd have been the world champion. <laughs> I was just being real on real. And I, 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 to go back and say, you know, let me, let me repeat this. I love Sean Duff. I think he, I don't know, <laughs> but I think he loves me back. And, and every, everything's good. Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting. You talk about the, the lawsuit and everything. Well, the, the John Oliver piece. Oh, that's what, oh, I lost track. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and 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 it's about CTE, which the attorneys that got me, um, they did it against the NFL and they won. Now NFL, there is no bigger thing than the NFL, and they won on the CTE thing, which, which is when you get so many traumas, you you know you you become crazy, <laughs> which which I started that, so I didn't need no damn concussions. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They didn't help me. Yeah. At one point, I thought, well, we'll have a, a, a adverse adverse uh, effects. I'll go back to normal. <laughs> it never was. Yeah. I mean. But, I, um, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, oh, I was just saying, man, that um, I didn't want to join that because it's, it's it's sort of like a boxer. Okay, you're gonna go in there and you're gonna box Mike Tyson. And you don't think you might get knocked the shit out of you, <laughs> but but uh, with, with wrestling, it's considered entertainment, which is what gives gives fans out of so much stuff. But we do still get slammed on the floor, our heads bounce off the floor. There's been a many time, bro, that I got up and don't remember how I finished the match, and I wasn't even drinking. <laughs> it was like because your head hits that floor and you're dazed, but your one goal finished match, finished match, and 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 not because in, well, in my case, not because they tell us to. I just wanted to be good, and, and so you know I got to finish this match. They don't. Nobody out in the stands. No, I, I'm, I'm like right now. I can't. I see three Kevin Nashes, <laughs> and I, I use his name because he knocked me out in England like unbelievable. Wow. Joey Morella, who you know has died, you know since, mm-hmm. was old. It was been over me. He's like, you all right? And I'm looking at him like, what? What's going on? <laughs> and there's like forty thousand people <laughs> around in Union Mill Ring. Because he did that powerbomb thing. He did memories finish or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. He did it. 
and, and he gave it to me. And w- once he set up for it, the crowd went crazy. And, and some people, and he was he was still at that point kind of new and a good gimmick. Yeah. And he, um, man, he he tore me up. He raised me up, and then ba- bam, in my head probably. I don't know how many times it dribbled off the floor. Man. But I just know when I woke up, <laughs> Joey Morella, who was the referee of Gorilla Monsoon, son, he's over top of me. And he goes, you all right? I'm like, what, what, what's going on? And there's 40,000 screaming people. It's the worst thing to wake up to. <laughs> there's 40,000 screaming people and you waking up like, well, who's in my bedroom? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> and Joey's like, bro. And he says, your eyes are crossed. You got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> And it took me a while, you know, to, to, to remember like where I was, what I was doing. But the point being, that was C- that's part of the CTE. We get knocked out so many times in what we do. Yeah. And I, I don't WWE, WBO, World Boxing, any of them, NFL. We know what we're doing. We know who we're about. But y'all do too. And you, we're making y'all money, and you're not gonna help us when we can't function no more. Cause I spent my life, I spent my life for entertainment, doing this, you know. Cause I, I wrestled in college and did really good. Um, this pro thing, man, it was a point where I'm starting to hurt. <laughs> and I think it was like ten, twelve years in, I'm starting to hurt. But I thought, no, man, I, I love watching the fans be entertained. And that's what we do. And kept going. So, and, and kept going. So I would imagine that you're in the camp of uh, that WWE should have some accountability for the, the health. Some, of- man. They, I mean, you know what? Well, all other sports do. Yeah. And he, you know, you remember it was WWF, then WWE, now just WWE, World Entertainment. Because that entertainment factor gets them out of so much shit. Mm-hmm. And I don't even care about any of that. What I care about now is I'm walking through life and fucked up, and they're still making money on me because we get royalty checks, and 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 it's they send it itemized like where they made it from and all that. They, I'm looking at the thing and okay, you made a million last quarter, and you can't spend forty thousand to get my damn ankles fixed. And I've said this before, and I'm gonna say it again. They also after the Benoit thing. They didn't, then that's the only reason they did it. Then they started that wellness program where if you had a drug problem, uh, you know, Sonny came through there like a dozen times. Scott Hall came through more than that. Jake Snake came through there more than that. I didn't need to go through there. I, I was taking so many pain pills to kill the pain because when you're a high-class athlete, not, not separate and saying we're better than anybody, but everybody doesn't do what we do every day. They don't don't get bounced off concrete floors. You don't jog three or four miles every day. You don't work out in a gym two, three hours every day to be in the position to be good at what you do. And and they I talked to them about fixing my ankles. I was taking so many pain pills, like seven and eight, which I know ain't a big number, but I was trying to be, you know, I, I wasn't doing it to 
Well, I, I will uh, say, uh, I, I will say to, and uh, I know I'm short on time here with you, and I, I'd love to have you back uh, another time, Marty, maybe when you've got another. Uh, I'm so sorry I ran my mouth. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, no, I, you, you've said a lot. You've had a lot of really insightful things to say, actually. Yeah, yeah there was a lot in there. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, I'm probably going to have my attorneys call go, God damn. <laughs> I, 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 well, I will say, you know, I interviewed Joey Janela uh, about a month ago. And I know that you and Joey, you know, you were the main event of Joey Janela's spring break, you know, a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, I love, I love him, man, but he finished me off. <laughs> yeah, he was telling me about Can I just say something on Joey and I want him to hear this? Okay, please do. I love him. He offered to help me, him and Chris Jericho, and they wanted to do to go fund me. And, and at first, I was like, okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't like that because you're, be- you're, you're a beggar. <laughs> hey, help me. I didn't like it for that reason. But when they suggested it, I'm like, all right. And and Honky Tonk Man, remember him? Yeah. Um, he, he was the one that set it up. And the first three or four comments that came in were like, oh, because Scott Hall had just got a shitload of money from the GoFundMe. Yeah. And, and Dallas set that up. Dallas Page, like you were talking earlier. And, and, and somebody else made a shitload of money. And so here I come behind them. And the first three or four comments were, oh, all these drug head partiers, oh, now they want to, they blew their money, now they want us to pay. I was like, no, take it down. <laughs> take it off. I don't, no, I don't get, no. <laughs> I don't want that up there. No. <laughs> you know, because it does appear that way. Yeah. It's just, I mean, but, you know, it, yeah, it's it's just, it's hard for me to hear this, Marty, because, you know, especially on the heels of the, the John Oliver stuff, you know, and, you know, you talk about what you, you put your body through, some of it in the ring, some of it, you know, obviously you've confessed here, you know, you put yourself through the ringer in other ways outside of the ring, right? But to be at this yeah. point, to be at this point where you have to like literally check your pride to, in order to live a quality of life, that's not a position I feel like anybody should ever have to be in, Marty. You know, that's, that's really messed up. And, and, and... And when you've been worldwide, it's even harder. Because yeah. if you never left your home city, let alone your home state, let alone your home region, <laughs> but you've been worldwide and now you're begging. And that's what I see that as. It, 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 maybe I shouldn't. A couple of people told me, you know, reframe your thought on it, how, how you're looking at it. Yeah. Um, but I can't. <laughs> I'm asking people for money. They already paid me. <laughs> when they showed up in the arena, they paid me that night. Now I'm going to beg them for more. Man. It, it's just hard, bro. Well, but yeah. it's all on WWE because, gosh damn, if you're making a million off me the last quarter, you can't pay 40000 to get my ankles fixed, so I don't need to OD on damn pain pills. That, that That's my bitch. That's why I got in a lawsuit. And the, the Rocker reunion, not reunion, um, uh, Hall of Fame, Anything uh, will never happen. You can't. There's a lawsuit in place. You know, it, it can't happen. Yeah. Well, uh, I love all of them. I love Vince. I love Shane. I love Stephanie. I love them all. I love Linda. She was, she was hardcore. <laughs> but I love them all. You know, But and I understand. Vince once told me, and I think it was about Jesse Ventura when he was suing. And, and he goes, you have to separate business and personal life. Uh, it's what's going on right now is business. That's where I'm at. Okay, <laughs> you're the one that taught me. I'm in business. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, but I don't like it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it, but it's damn. I don't like walking in front of people with a gimp either. 
Yeah, buddy. Well, uh, I hope everybody gets a chance to listen to this, Marty. I think uh, I think this is a great talk. Again, I'd love to have you back another time. There was a bunch of there was a bunch of stuff from the past I was going to ask you about, but I only had so much time with you here. I know everybody if they want to support I, you. I talk too much. I'm so sorry. Well, you tell you're a storyteller, Marty. Right, you're a storyteller. Um, so yeah. I want to thank you so much for the time, Marty. Again, FarleyCon, April thirteenth. Uh, go check him out. It's going to be in Tennessee. Uh, Marty, where do you want to send people to find you, follow you, support you, all those great things online? Uh, Facebook is a one Marty Gennetti. Um, Twitter, which I, you know, I'm still and I'm still learning Instagram, but it's Marty Gennetti. Um, I'm pretty sure the one Facebook's. I, I, in fact, I know that's where I get most of you know uh, business and, and fans. <laughs> but it's more, at one Marty Gennetti I'm on Facebook because there's a few fakes out there. <laughs> And I don't understand why Facebook, I tell them, like, that's not me. <laughs> and they just write back and say, what are they doing wrong? That's damn, I just fucking posing. <laughs> what are they doing wrong? <laughs> but anyway, yep, yep. At this time, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show a former WWE and WCW World Heavyweight Tag Team Champion. He's going to be promoting and appearing at Legends of, the Wrestling, uh, Legends of Wrestling this Saturday, April 20th at the Fraser Hockeyland Arena in Detroit, Michigan. It's also going to feature the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, Brett the Hitman Hart, Ken Anderson, David Arquette, and many more. You probably know him as one half of the Nasty Boys. We're going to Pity City. It is Brian Knobs. Brian, welcome back to the Winkley. Hey, Nick. Hey, thanks for having me again. Yeah, like I said, you're often imitated but never duplicated. Wrestling Inc. Number one, baby. Thank hey, you. you want to go somewhere for all the news and all the updates? You're the one to go to. I appreciate that, Brian. You know, I always like chatting with you. You're such a you're such a more friendly guy than you come across in the wrestling ring. You know that it's like you're in the ring and you look like you you know you look like you could be a very a precocious character there. You know, you're so, why are you so you're so jovial in real life. Uh, it's so funny that uh, you say that because it, it took uh, being on uh, Hogan Knows Best and his daughter's show, uh, Brooke Knows Best, the people to see the funny side of the nasty boy. Like, oh, man, he's not always, hey, I'm taking you to nasty, Bill. I'm going to give you a pity city. He actually is pretty funny on the, you know, <laughs> in his normal life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's so crazy because, you know, a lot of people know you, obviously, as Brian Knobs, one half of the Nasty Boys. But, like, you're, you're a businessman as well. I mean, you promote, produce these Legends of Wrestling events. These are huge events. Um, tell me about what you're most excited about for this upcoming LOW show in Detroit. Well, you know what? Last year we sold it out. And uh, this year it, it's their, their second one they're having. And the fans in Detroit are like like most of the fans in the world, but they're, they're they're special. They come out there. I mean, they've been through some of the best WrestleManias ever, WrestleMania three. I mean, and uh, they don't forget. So the you know the the fathers now that are the older and were watching us when we they were small or you know teaching their kids, hey, this is who I used to wrestle, and to bring everybody out to see the people that they used to wrestle, you know, in the big the big match right there at the Pontiac Silverdome, which is WrestleMania three. And then hey, come on out and see Brett the Hitman Hart, see Hacksaw Jim Duggan. You know, I mean the guys that were there uh for the big one and it still holds the record today for the biggest indoor attendance ever at a live event. So, you know, I mean it it's it's it, put it this way, it's showing the test of time and 
how great the fans are in the Detroit area. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to step on your toes, Brian. But I literally on my desk have the WrestleMania sets record press release I was given, and the Pontiac Silverdome holds the second biggest attendance record, ninety three thousand one hundred seventy three. WrestleMania thirty two did one hundred one thousand and change. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. So right, there we go. God, God uh, forbid. God forbid. That one at Texas Stadium. I'm not sure. <laughs> that was the one at Texas Stadium. Yeah, that was the one where the Cowboys play. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I was. I was at. I was actually at that during WrestleCon and everything, and that was that was amazing. I mean, that's how many people were there, and what a just amazing. You know, not only was the show amazing, but the just you know the fans and and how how different it has changed throughout the years. I mean. No, let's face it. I'm like I feel like I'm uh, Dick Buckus or Ray Nitschke. You know, I was in WrestleMania seven, WrestleMania eight. You know, we were supposed to be in WrestleMania nine, but uh, you know, things happened that we got kind of got bumped out, out of that position. But uh, you know, it was all good. We were still there. That was at Caesar's Palace. Yeah. But there's nothing like being at WrestleMania. That's that's the Super Bowl of our sport. And oh. if you you ever you know you thrive to be a pro wrestler, that is one day. What one of your accomplishments should be is that I wrestled at WrestleMania. Yeah, well, and you know, maybe you lucked out with WrestleMania nine because then we would have got the Nasty Boys and Togas or something like that. Wasn't that what everybody was doing at WrestleMania nine? <laughs> oh yeah, not, yeah, but we were supposed to go against uh, Money Inc. So uh, you know, uh, we got kind of got uh, uh, pushed to the side there because uh, Hulk came back with uh, Brutus and and they came in and uh, you know. We're the baby faces in that match, you know. And that's when we finally turned baby face against Jimmy Hart and uh, Ted DiBiase and, and the IRS. And we, we had a little program going with them. And, and things happened the way they do. But, uh, you know, it ended up that it was uh, Brutus and uh, Hulkster uh, going to get against Money, Inc. And uh, they actually beat him for the belt. So Yeah. And then Hulk would go on to win the world title, right? The main event. He took Bret Hart's place or yes. something like that? Yeah, against yeah. Yokozuna? Yeah. yeah. Man, yes, that was a wild. That was a wild show. I always like throwing WrestleMania nine on every so often, just because it was over the top. And it's weird because you talk about WrestleMania, you talk about Bret Hart being at LOW. Of course, Bret was in the main event WrestleMania nine. Bret was in your match at WrestleMania seven. I know that you have a lot of respect for Bret. I got to ask you, you know, what was going through your head when you heard or saw what happened to him at the Hall of Fame when this crazy guy attacked him? No, that just shows you how idiotic uh, some fans could be. You know, I mean, uh, someone asked me the other day, did that ever happen to you? Well, it did happen to us in Hartford, Connecticut, but it was a cage match between Sergeant Slaughter and the Ultimate Warrior, and we came in to help the, uh, Sergeant Slaughter, and we jumped the Ultimate Warrior. Well, some fan was in there and didn't like it. He went over the rail, climbed all the way up to the cage, jumped in the ring. Before you know it, he was on me and Sags' back. Well, we were beating down the warrior, and Sag looked at me, and I looked at Tim, and Sag was, is he part of the show? Who is this? I said, I don't know. I think it's a fan. And uh, that, that fan got the living hell beat out of him. And what was so funny was after the cops got him and you know pulled him out there and arrested him, he was wanted for a couple warrants for doing all kind of stuff in uh, in the you know the Hartford area. So you know he got he got big time arrested, not just arrested for jumping in the ring where he shouldn't have been, you know, so <laughs> goes to show you how much heat we had back in the day. Yeah. The fan went to throw it all out of way just to come kill us, you know? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, that that was such a wild thing. I mean, Brett is a cancer stroke survivor. I mean, just to, to watch him get hit like that and 
pick himself right back up and finish off with the speech. Yeah, I just it. Uh, for, I've heard from a lot of people. They're like, yeah, Man, that I, just shows you how much of a class act Bret Hart is, and the whole Hart family and the Hart Foundation that he got back up and finished off the speech. He didn't let that bother him a bit. That just shows how much of a professional he was. But if you see the one guy in the gold pants really punch the guy in the face. That is Davy Boy's kid. That's Harry Smith that was that was jumped in. He was taking care of him, you know, protecting his uncle there. So uh, you know, if you if you watch it back when they finally the crowd kind of goes to the side, there's one guy really giving him shots to the face. That was that was Harry and it was Davy Boy's kid, Harry Smith, you know. Oh, and man. I then I text him, I said, Good job and he texted me back with a thumbs up, you know, I said, You did a good job, uh, taking care of your uncle there, so but yeah, I thought it was real uh, classless. I said, if, if anybody they should have tackled, it should have been like Honky Tonk Man, and maybe threw it. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I guess maybe maybe could have got a couple more shots in. I don't know if I don't know if Travis Brown would storm the ring quite as quickly. Uh, that's, that's funny. Now you know you, uh, you you know obviously we talk about Brett. You know it was very unfortunate what happened with the attack, but also with Brett. I mean him and him and Jim. You know, the, the Hart Foundation, the team that, you know, put you guys over yeah. at WrestleMania 7, you know, they finally got their spot in the Hall of Fame. I mean, what did it mean for you to finally get to see, you know, Brett and Jim the Anvil, you know, take their place in that Hall of Fame? I mean, it, it was such an honor because it was that match in WrestleMania 7 that really stamped uh, the Nasty Boys' legacy. It, it, it really made us uh, who we are today because that. Well, you know, we were we were in WCW. We were in a lot of little different organizations through the time. We were back in AWA in the 80s, uh, 86, 87. We were in the AWA. But that uh, WrestleMania 7 match is uh, was the stamp to legitimize the Nasty Boys are a real tag team to reckon with. And, uh, you know, and it was a, it turned out to be one of the greatest matches. And even Brett told me that, to that day, he said that was one of the best tag team matches me and, me and Jim ever had. And, and that, to me... Him saying that is that that's all I need. I don't need anybody else critiquing the match or anything like that. Just a guy like Bret Hart telling me that him and Jim really loved that match and it was one of their favorites made me and Sag feel really good. You yeah. know? Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and you know, Hulk is obviously back in the mix. He was he was at uh, WrestleMania this year. Brutus yeah. the Barber went in. I feel like, you know, your collection of friends right. are making a little bit of a resurgence. Well, Harlem, he was in there too. So that's another team. They were, they were young when we were, we were wrestling them. And we had a, we had a good, uh, good run with them guys for over a year, year and a half mm-hmm. back and forth when they had uh, sister Sherry with them. Good old Sherry Martel, uh, a, a good, good, good friend of ours for a long time. But, uh, you know, uh, it was good to see them go in too, you know, cause they've been friends with our, us for a long, long time. So, so two tag teams that we, you know, very much helped us and uh, build our Nasty Boy legacy were the Hart Foundation and, you know, of course, uh, Harlem Heat. Yeah. Well, and, you know, that's the thing is I look at Harlem Heat, too, and, you know, Harlem Heat was a WCW tag team. I mean, the Nasty Boys, you guys got right. a chance to play in both sandboxes. I mean, and you had that WrestleMania moment. I mean, do you feel like a Nasty Boys Hall of Fame induction maybe around the corner? Or has it been talked to you at all about something like that? You know, well, people say it every year, and, and you know what? When it comes, uh, like I tell a lot of people, it will be like the, the, the crowning, the icing on the cake for our, our legacy that, hey, we, we finally made it to the WWE Hall of Fame, and uh, you know, all that hard work we did for the last 34 years has paid off because I still see it today. That's why I started these Legends of Wrestling things all the way back in 2007, and it started with baseball where we were just uh, the afterthought and like a theme night, Legends of Wrestling night, 
but it was to bring all my buddies back together because a lot of times we all got back together was, was, you know, and it's very sad to say it was when someone was passing away and we see somebody at a funeral. So when I had these things, it's to get all, uh, you know, are my buddies back together again, show everybody a great show, you know, how it was and how it used to be and how it still is and just show them that fun and a fan friendly that you could bring the whole family out. And when you leave, you're leaving with a smile on your face and you're having the greatest time in the world. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, I, I want to ask you, you know, how would it, how was it for you to see Hulk back in the mix at WrestleMania and see him, you know, getting, getting his awesome. spot back? He and, deserved to be back there a long time before that, but you know, everything today, you gotta, you know, everything, everybody's politically correct, but uh, no, it was awesome because he definitely needs to be there. I mean, he was one of the one of the guys that started everything back in the day. Him and Vince, you know, Piper. He's another one. I mean, you, you just go all the way back to the first WrestleMania, and when everything took the big turn, and uh, you know, what what are you on now? I think it's going to be number thirty-five or thirty-six. They're on now, right? Yeah, we just wrapped thirty-five. Thirty-six will be next year. Yeah, thirty-six will be next year. Well, I hope to see you down here in Tampa. Yeah, so I was about to say, I'll be there. For, uh, I'll be there. Yeah. In your backyard. Yeah, well, well, if we do get in the Hall of Fame, don't worry. I won't. I will not uh, forget about you. I'll have to maybe give you a shout out while I'm doing some of the interviews. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, are you feeling like that would be an appropriate place? Your backyard there in Tampa. I mean, Hulk was at the press conference. Is that where you're feeling like maybe this this would be the right stage for you guys to to have that moment? It, it would be. It would be good because this is like our second home. I mean, inside both grew up together in the Lehigh Valley at Whitehall, Pennsylvania. You know, people would know it better as Allentown, Pennsylvania, but it's the Lehigh Valley area. But this is like our second home. We came down here uh, all the way back in 1988 to wrestle for Florida Championship Wrestling for Mike Graham and Steve Kern. And Dusty came in at the time to help out because Dusty was the one that helped build, uh, you know, Florida Championship Wrestling with Mike's dad, Eddie Graham, back in the day. And Dusty took us in as like a mentor. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it would be appropriate. I mean, we've been hit down there since 1988, so this is like our second home. So it'd be fantastic to have it down here where, where we did so much. I mean, I mean, in, in the community and plus, you know, also me being I was a 10th man for the race for about seven, eight years. And, uh, you know, out there cheering them on when we made it to the World Series and all that stuff. So it'd be, you know, it'd really be a, a great honor if we would get, you know, if that would happen for us you know what i mean so and if it don't you know life goes on and maybe the following year but it would be a great spot to have it in tampa bay yeah and you know the last thing i'll say uh, about hulk and you know y'all's kind of camaraderie there the fraternity is that you guys you know one of the things obviously that was a hang up with hulk was you know the the comments he made um that you know riled some people it sounds like Big E, one of his like biggest critics like he and hulk had a chance to talk at wrestlemania and clear the air he said that he was hoping that Hulk could also have a path to redemption. I mean, are you feeling that right now? Are you feeling like the worst is behind him right now and that more people are willing to forgive and welcome him and, and the rest of that crew well, back yes. in the community? Yeah. Yes. I think, I think, I think a lot of things are taking out of proportion and things that shouldn't even have been taped and, and nobody should ever, ever say that word. I mean, it's disrespectful and it's beyond disrespectful. It's just hurtful and hor- horrifying for even use that. But, you know, so a lot of people make mistakes, and you know, you're you're, you're given second chances for a reason, and and definitely, uh, you know, Hawks. I mean, Hawks has always been the the guy to, to you know to do everything he can to for for make a wish kids for you know th- nobody knows how much he does, and anybody that really knows him, 
you know, including if you talk to Booker T or Ron Simmons or any of the guys that that, that grew up with him, even, you know, Butch Reed, uh, them guys will tell you, you know, hey, man, he's, he's a true blue, great guy, and there ain't a racist bone in his body. So, you know, and I can say the same thing. He's always been, you know, straight up a good guy, and, mm-hmm. you know, there ain't no way he's racist at all. It's just, you know, like things go, and things were said, and, you know, people blow everything out of proportion, like we said, you know, these, these days it's politically correct. Thank God they didn't have cell phones back in the day when me and Fags were wrestling, or we would have had a job with WWF for about a day or two. We would have been fired, Jesus. you know. <laughs> well, you know, another you know, we talk about crazy stories. You know, one guy that's on the LOW card uh, this Saturday that I've heard a lot of crazy stories about is the Nature Boy Ric Flair. I was just at Jim Ross and Bruce Pritchard show this past weekend in, in Rainia. Heard some great Flair stories there. I didn't know if, like, when you think of the Nature Boy Ric Flair, there's, like, a certain story or moment that comes to mind, uh, like a personal moment that you enjoyed with the with the Nature Boy. I, I There's so many, know. you know, that uh, I have to tell you. I have to tell you privately, but uh, I put one out there on Hannibal TV where, uh, you know, we were we were at a uh, – after I think it was – I don't know if it was after SummerSlam or, or you know uh, – one of them matches, but at Madison Square Garden, we all went to the China Club, and there was one of his friends was called Robbie Kanoff, and he's still a good friend of mine, but he was uh, with San Francisco Tony Makers, and, you know, uh, Rick was trying to get him to, you know, to Vince and and maybe do a deal with, you know, his toy company to make the new action figures. And this guy was, he's small, but he was obnoxious. He called himself Jewish Lightning, and he had a three-piece suit on, and uh, you know, it was me, Hulk, and Beefcake, and Vince, and Hulkster, and Sag, and we were all around the, you know, all around just talking to each other, and the guy kept popping in, popping in for about 30 minutes. Hey, I'm doing lightning, you know, you know, doing his, doing his stick, and he, was, you know, he had some uh, cocktails in him. So me and Sag proceeded to <laughs> rip his three-piece suit off and and left him there in his underwear, and then after Vince left, then Rick came up to me and cut a promo on me and came back and then threw five dollars in my face and started paintbrushing me like a bitch and said, Hey, for five dollars, fat boy, I kicked your ass. And before I knew it, Sag was over the table grabbing Rick and oh God, all kind of pandemonium flew out there. And then they kicked, because we were with Hulk, they kicked Rick out of the club and uh, Rick left his, you know, at the time, I think it was uh, the, the, either the silver or, or platinum card, American Express, and he left it there, and he got charged for everything, the tables that were broke, any glasses, and the bill was like $5,000, and, and Rick got charged for everything. So Rick goes, stop telling them stories about me. After I told that story, Rick <laughs> texted me, goes, stop telling them stories about me. But it was it was kind of funny because we were all having a good time, and then, you know, afterwards I said, I apologize to you. How many times now, Rick? I said, you know, uh, I'm sorry, you know, it was, I was, I, you know, we shouldn't have did that, but we were having fun at the time, and, but it was all in good fun, and wow. back in the day, no grudges were really held, you know, it was, you know, that happened, and next day or two, we're back drinking again, and having a good time in another town, and in another city, you know. Man, you know, that's the thing that's interesting now, because, like, Rick can't drink, because his body, you know, like, went into shock or whatever with all of his organs. How different is it now to interact with Ric Flair now that he's, not a drinker, partier type. The same. Yeah. The same. Because yeah. I'm, I'm in that situation, too. 
Okay. I had to slow down my, my uh, you know, <laughs> you can only live the life of a Rolling Stone for so long, and it, it catches up to you, let me tell you. You know, uh, unless you're as rich as uh, Keith Richards and get, can get blood transfusions every year, you know, uh, you know, you can't, you can't go around, you know, your body gets older, you got to watch yourself. And, uh, you know, it takes a, a, a real horror, horrifying experience like Rick went through and uh, my, myself, I went through something like that also where I had to slow down and, and, you know, I could drink beers every now and again, but I do not drink anywhere like I used to. And I, you know, kind of slowed down everything and, you know, as everybody always knows, oh, nasty boys are having a good time, and we're always out there going crazy and that. And and I did that for God, thirty some years, and even before I was in wrestling. So, you know, I finally had to take a toll and and say, hey, you know, well, what do I want to do here? I want to be around for a while. So, you know, if I want to keep going down this path, this is what's going to happen, and I probably won't be here no more. Or, you know, you know, take the take the high road and say, hey, you know, get smarten up and you know live your life the way you're going to live it, but at least you'll be around and you're still telling the stories and you're still having fun. You don't need alcohol and all that other crap to have a good time because you are you and Ric Flair's Ric Flair. So, you know, it's the same thing when you're around them. Rick tells the best stories in the world. He's one of one of my greatest friends along with Hulk and uh, they're just good people. And uh, I'm, I'm proud to say that, you know, you know some of the top, they call goats greatest of all times are real good friends of mine. You know, there's, you know, there's, of course, Rick, there's Hulk, there's Bret Hart. I mean, uh, Stone Cold, The Rock. I mean, you know, they're all, uh, they're all uh, doing their thing. So, I mean, you know what I mean? But they're all really good friends of mine. I could talk to them and call them at any time. They'll always give me advice and they're, they're always there. They're true friends of mine. And that's hard to say around some people and, like I told uh, uh, someone else uh, the other day, I said, uh, you know, I grew up over over my half my life with these guys. I grew up with these guys. As us going down the road together and working our butts off and going 300 days a year, and we were together most of the times. We were together with them more than we were our family. So, you know, th- there's a special bond there in the wrestling world and uh, a special fraternity of brothers, and, and you'll never lose that. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's what's so great about uh, this Legends of Wrestling thing. I started back in 07. It keeps on getting bigger. And, uh, you know, this show in Detroit is going to be awesome. Last year, they really came out and they we sold it out. And they had everybody had such a good time. And rarely, rarely do you ever get after, uh, you know, an event like that. There's always some haters out there social media-wise. But, you know, there wasn't. Everybody came back and said, please, if you have a chance, go see the Legends of Wrestling that comes to your town. And, like I said, we're doing stuff with, we're still doing stuff with Major League Baseball. We got our foot uh, last year in with the NHL. Uh, we also did the NFL already. I mean, we're, you know, we, we're uh, doing a lot of the Major League Sports as theme nights. And, uh, and plus we're doing casinos and, and, you know, it's, it's getting bigger, but, you know, I, I still want to stay uh, just like it always is and should be is a, a good house show. And a thank you to the fans, because without the fans, we wouldn't be here. And that's what it's all about. And that is what Legends of Wrestling is all about. Us saying thank you to you guys and you guys coming out and us giving you one last hurrah of you know, what we used to do back in the day. Well, what we used to do very good for a lot of days, a lot of years. And, uh, you know, and everybody has fun, doing, you know, when they come out. So that's, yeah. that's what the 
the main thing is is a fan a fan fan friendly really good time well you talk about fan friendly you talk about legends uh there's a name in the mix here at legends of wrestling that i thought was kind of unique and stands out and that's that's david arquette i you know he's he's right now i feel like rebuilding he, rehabbing his image in the pro wrestling community after being a joke for so long uh what do you make of david arquette's resurgence in pro wrestling and, and why this match with ken anderson i mean these guys are going at each other like crazy on social media well first of all uh you know i'm getting a lot of a flack from you know like guys like ken anderson who's been in the business and i know ken for a long time but uh i know david all the way back to wcw days he was always nice to me and even when they were doing that uh, movie uh, ready to rumble you know, and, you know, he, uh, um, Chris Canning used to help train him. There was, I think, uh, Billy Kidman helped train him. So it's not like he didn't learn the business, you know, and I guess he just wants to, you know, prove to everybody, hey, man, it wasn't just a joke. I really take wrestling seriously. I really love pro wrestling as a fan. And I just want to show everybody that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'd love to do this. And I'm out here not just being a, a big joke. I'm out here trying to show everybody, hey, you know, uh, hey, I'm here, and let me you know, put against put, put me against somebody, and he's gonna have all of the handles because it looks like him and Anderson are gonna be going at each other April 20th, and and uh, there's some ill will words uh, said there, and I know how people, some of the wrestlers think about uh, David, but uh, you know, what put me on uh, an olive branch to David was uh, last year when he you know had that match and. I don't know who the guy is or the organization. And I'm not cutting anybody down here, but he was in a death match. You're talking about his match. I'll tell it, you who it was. It was for Game Changer Wrestling against Nick Gage. That's who that match was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't even know who that is. Okay. And anyway, whether it was an accident or it wasn't, no way should anybody in the pro wrestling world, and I'm not saying any you know, unhidden secrets here, but nobody should get hurt or, or injured that maybe you know, you're close to maybe you know, losing your life. And, uh, you know, it, it was pretty serious there. Uh, you know, uh, David kept a low profile on it and how serious it was, but, you know, he got cut in a, in a, in a, with one of the neon lights at a, at a, you know, a spot where, you know, you're not supposed to be cut at. And, you know, he was bleeding pretty profusely and, you know, he went through, uh, you know, who knows what was happening there. Now I'm not blaming anybody because accidents do happen out there, but, no way should there anybody get injured in a match. You're out to entertain the fans and do what you can and take it to the limit. And you see a lot of people do that. I mean, just look what my good buddy Shane McMahon and the Miz did, you know, doing that suplex off the scaffold there thing and, you know, flying with that 12, 15 feet in the air. I mean, that's crazy. But, uh, you know, you do things, you try to do it safely. So, you know, I just thought after that he needs to come to a, organization where there's, uh, you know, I'm not just trying to put myself over here in our company, but Legends of Wrestling is there to show people a good time and have crazy matches, but that nobody's getting hurt and you don't have the ambulance taking anybody out. You know, that, that that's not the way pro wrestling is supposed to be. Yeah. It's supposed to be have fun, go out there, bust your butt for the fans, because that's what it's all about. Have the fans go home with a smile on your face and afterwards, Go to the bar and have a beer. Well, it's funny you should say that because you were part of WCW's hardcore division. You got hit in the head by by stuff, right? Like you got hit in the head by things. Yeah. And um, you know, how did that affect your body? You know, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but did you watch the John Oliver piece 
uh, from last week where he talked about uh, how wrestlers get treated in the in the pro wrestling business. I did not. I did. I did not see that. No. Okay. Uh, but uh, I I had a few words about uh, you know uh, uh, after me and uh, Fit were going at each other for and we loved each other, man. And, and Fit's a tough. He's one of the toughest SOBs I know. Fit Finley, that is. Mm-hmm. And I threw him to a table through the. And this is when everything was selling out. WWF was selling out. And so was WCW. And we were the hardcore champs. Uh, I was, or, or either he was or I wasn't going for the belts. And we would give everything we got. But the thing was, we were getting at the actual props were the props from all these old buildings. They were cast iron trash cans. They were, you know, wooden tables that they had in the back for years. And nobody, you know, WCW wasn't going out and buying us any props to say, hey, I can put a hundred bucks in and I could get you the aluminum cans. I could get you this. I could get you that where you're not going to get hurt. You know what I mean? But no, we were actually scooting up stuff every day. We got there early, me and Fit, and find out different stuff that we could use. And on this one particular match we had, I'm not sure where it was. I don't know if it was in Tupelo, but sold out crowd. And the day before, we had a, a like a plywood table, and I threw him through it. And it was plywood, so he didn't break it. So the next day, he was so in his mind to go through the table. Well, when I threw him through the table, you know, I had it propped in the corner. He went through like a cannonball, and all I saw was like a shot of a cannonball. And here, the, the top of it was made with formica, and it cut them all up. And the one took, got him bad, and it looked like uh, somebody took a hatchet and almost cut off his cut off his uh, leg. I mean, right from his knee on below, it was just hanging there. And he kicked the table off. He said, Nobs, I'm hurt. Right there, I just you know, got out of a character and took my shirt off and put it over his leg. And, and I called for, you know, medics, 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 you know. And then, you know, when we got to the hospital, I, was, you know, I had tears in my eyes. I said, I'm so sorry, you know, because it wasn't your fault, you know, but, you know, the the equipment, don't worry about it. And then uh, he was there. And he didn't want no payments and nothing. They wanted to stitch him up. And, you know, that's how tough he was. And uh, he had dropped foot for a long time. And then even after that, he went back in the ring with WWE. Uh, many years after that, you know, uh, he when he came back for a little run there. But uh, And now he don't, he's not, doesn't even have the drop foot, but he lost a lot of deadness in his, his nerves and everything. But the next day, I approached Eric Bischoff about it and Eric was trying to say hey um you know don't blame this on WCW and I said I'm not I just said why it's stupid why you know for the money they were making at the time they wouldn't take uh, you know a hundred extra dollars to go buy us the right equipment we could use to go out and have, show the people a great match without killing us each other you know what I mean because let me tell you you get hit over the head with a cast iron trash can it ain't like an aluminum trash can you feel it, you know, so who knows how many concussions I had through the years, but I'm not complaining. I signed up for this business and this business wasn't supposed to be, you know, oh, it's, oh yeah, this is this, this is that. No, you're going out there. You're going out there. We work stiff. Fit always works stiff, but the nasty boys always work stiff. And that's the way we worked. And that's the way we liked working. And against the Steiners, the LOD, same thing. 
even the Hart Foundation, and nobody ever complained. You know, them teams never complained about us. We never complained about them, and they all ended up to be great matches. So, yeah, you know, that's, it, it is what it is. You know what I mean? So, well, I, But it, Jimmy Hart had to grab me away because I was ready to grab Eric by the throat when he was trying to say, don't try to blame this on WCW. <laughs> and me and uh, Jimmy, had, Jimmy had something planned down there when we were in Memphis, and Jimmy had something planned to do something at, down at Elvis' studios where we were – you know, some gimmick that they were filming us down there for, and he grabbed me out of there just in time. And, uh, Eric Ryan got strung up by his uh, by his neck. You know, I was that's how mad I was because I was at the hospital all night with Fit, and I saw how bad his leg was. And I mean, it was the most horrible scene I ever saw in my life. It looked like somebody took a hatchet and just hit him, you know, from his knee on down and just real hard. That you know, the phone, everything. It was it was awful, man. I wouldn't, I wouldn't well, want anybody to ever see that. Yeah, you know? it, it's interesting because, you know, the piece, and I know you haven't seen it, but it was largely about if promoters should be held accountable because, you know, it takes two to tango, right? You know you're going to be putting your life on the line to, to do this business, but they know you're, put, they're, you're putting your life on the line as well. You know, right now the closest thing I feel like to a retirement plan for pro wrestlers is hooking up with guys like you and the other convention guys and making sure that you can continue to do the loops and make some money to, to pay your bills and things like that and live a quality of life. Do you think that the promoters like Vince or, or even Eric should have been held more accountable to the wrestlers and taking care of them as they age beyond their time in the ring? You know, that's hard to say, man, you know, because we're going out there and we're, we're going out and have fun and, 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 and entertain everybody. So like I said, uh, you know, they, they came about, uh, I guess that lawsuit got dropped, but they brought that lawsuit to me and SAG and, we weren't going to sign it. I mean, we we already signed up and knew what we were getting into. You know what I mean? We we knew we were going to get into a physical business, and this is going to happen. And, and possible possibilities of you might not, you know, be walking straight years to come, or you might be, you know, that was that was already in the back of your mind when we were young. And then everybody asked, well, would you change anything you did? I wouldn't change a damn thing. I'd, I'd still be doing the same thing I'm doing today, and and I. I really don't hold nobody responsible. I mean, I, I don't. That's the way I am, and I'm old school, but, you know, we all signed up for this, and we all knew what we were getting into, so what are you supposed to do now? Now, after all these years, oh, well, you sure did this better, and, and let's sue you and get money out of you for this. Nah, that's that's not the Nasty Boys gig. It never was. You know, we love doing this business because we love pro wrestling. We love entertaining the fans, and, and that's the, what Legends of Wrestling is all about. Not that I'm saying... We don't have insurance now, and we take care of the guys way better than we used to be getting taken care of. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's that's the difference. That's what, you know, I know throughout the years now, hey, man, I'm going to take care of my buddy. You know, I'm, I'm uh, owner of this company, and I'm going to make sure that when everybody comes out here, everybody gets treated right. Everybody gets treated. We get a nice hotel. You know, afterwards, we all have a good time, and it's like getting together again. Like I said, without being on the other side of it, which I've been to too way too much lately, of going to uh, uh, you know to somebody's funeral or something that somebody passed away. You yeah. know, uh, it's better this way than the other way. You know, that's why I love the uh, Ric Flair surprise party so much. I mean, it could be with everybody, but it wasn't actually uh, us oh. uh, mourning some a loss of somebody, but it was actually celebrating Rick's life at 70 years old. I didn't know and you were at that party. One That's of the crazy. Best surprise parties I was ever at in my life, by the way. Everybody was there. Wow. How, yeah, I mean, real quickly, I mean, I, I, you've been too generous with your time as it is, Brian, but you know, tell me about that. I didn't know you were at Rick's party there, that surprise party. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, me and SAG, we were invited right away, man. Me and SAG were there, and 
Uh, Frank, my, my uh, the other uh, partner, Frank Santini, he's a part owner in my business right now. Uh, the, the Legends of Wrestling. I brought him along so he can, you know, and uh, uh, Wendy and Rick know him very well because we use him on different uh, cards. But we had such a good time. I mean, uh, Barkley was there. Uh, Rodman was there. Shane was there. Uh, uh, Chris Jericho. Uh, Jeff Hardy. I mean, uh, Vandy Hollerfield. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the running back, uh, Hurley from... Uh, from the Rams, you know, he used to play for Georgia. I mean, but so many different characters and so many of the great, good, you know, Ricky the Dragon, Steve, all the great wrestlers, you know, Triple H was there. And, uh, you know, it was so funny that we took a picture uh, and uh, Shane went to take a picture with us. Uh, so he took a picture of me, Shane, and Sag, and he sent it right to his dad. Said, Don't worry, dad. I got uh, the Nasty Boys. I'm, I'm, I'm good to got night. The Nasty Boys are taking care of me. And Vince texted him back like, not even three seconds later, <laughs> you know, I won't, won't tell you what he said, but it was like, stay away from them guys. I told you that before already. <laughs> so it's, you know, it was all good. <laughs> yeah, it was all good though, man. That's you know, because funny. it was all guys that know each other and respect each other. And uh, like I said, uh, Wendy, uh, Rick's wife really did an outstanding job. He didn't know nothing about it, but just to have all them guys and, and Charles, you know, Barkley, I haven't seen him in a while coming up to me. Rodman, who's been a very good friend for over, you know, 25 years. Rodman. I mean, you know, I mean, just everybody together. James Storm, you know, uh, Fit Finley, Hurricane Helms. I mean, they, you know, all the guys. I mean, uh, um, Ed and uh, his wife, Beth, they they were both there. And just uh, Booker T and, you know, and his lovely wife. We We just had a good time reminiscing, telling old stories, old matches and everything like that. So, you know, it, it was it was really a fantastic party. That's and, awesome. And you know what? Well, well overdue because he deserves every accolade he gets because he is he is the goat man. He is the guy that used to put in our matches every time I I known him since I was in the business since the, you know eighty five eighty six. He was he was doing our broadways with everybody yeah. from Harley Race. I mean, you, you you name it. He was he was there in every territory doing our broadways and. Uh, if you're not in the wrestling business, you don't know how hard that is, but that's hard to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, last thing I, I wanted to ask you about here, it, it, you talk about the eclectic mix of people in that room. A lot of people there in that room, it sounds like they don't work for the same promotions anymore. You know, you're a promoter. You talked earlier about the the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and the influence he had in FCW with you. Uh, his son, Cody, now taking a crack at uh, pr- being a promoter for one of the you know second biggest promotion, it looks like, here in AEW. How does it feel to see Cody stepping into that role? And, you know, what do you think is similar and different about him and his dad? Oh, fantastic. I, I told him, I just uh, I saw Teal, his his sister. Uh, I don't know if you know it, but uh, uh, Sag, that, that's Sag's brother-in-law. Uh, Sag's wife and, and Dusty's wife are sisters. So, uh, you know, so that's, that's, that's family there. So, uh, but I told him, I told Teal that, uh, yeah, I'm so proud of Cody, what he's doing keep it up and i told him his dad would be very proud of him i mean really because he's taking a step away and the young bucks you got to give him thumbs up and i'm so glad chris jericho joined them because they're getting some of the old school and young just exactly what you need to start a good promotion because competition is what drives the professional wrestling business and wwf or wwe as you want to call it always had wcw whether turner was a little bit below them Turner still had the money and the TV power to put us out there. And, you know, at the one time they, they had 
experience on the ropes there. You know, it wasn't for long. It was like for a year or two, you know, back in the 96, 97. But, you know, it was always like that. And I think AEW is going to be fantastic for not only the wrestling business, but for the wrestling fans. There'll be an alternative for the wrestlers to go here or go there. And you're just not stuck to, you know, because you got to make money for your family. And there's not no too many places other than WWE right now where you can go and make money for your family. And AEW is actually starting that. And I, I think uh, that's going to be very good for not only the boys, but for the fans. They're going to see all kind of different, uh, you know, uh, styles and everybody getting together and people leaving WWE that go to, you know, AEW. So uh, it should be very interesting. And I'm very, very proud of Cody and the Young Bucks and, and all them guys. I mean, Kenny Omega. I mean, what about him? What, how amazing he is. He hasn't been to any of the big uh, federations. He's been in the New Japan. I can't say any because he's was in New Japan and he's been here. But the, how, how huge and famous he is by just doing his deal that he did on his own independently is fantastic and phenomenal. And his wrestling is phenomenal. Yeah, it's it's cool to hear you put over the Young Bucks. You know, they wrestle a very different style, obviously, than the Nasty Boys. But, uh, you know, one of their big things is that they want tag team wrestling to be in the main event of AEW. Um, do you see tag team wrestling as being something that should be main evented just like singles action? Oh, yeah, it, it always was. I mean, it always was. I mean, it, it's lost its way uh, throughout the years. But when, when I was there, you know, that was a big uh, a match to have when we had against the Hart Foundation. And there were so many other tag teams, if you look at it, you know, you're not only talking about the Bushwhackers, you're talking about the LOD, Power and Glory. You had the Rockers, you know, you, you had uh, uh, the Powers of Pain, you had, uh, you had all different kinds of different tag teams where you don't really have that no more. And then later on in, uh, in you know, WWE's history, they started putting guys together where that, that wasn't true tag teams, you know what I mean? Because me and Sag, we never split up. We never went against each other. We've, we've been a tag team forever. We've been the nasty boys, and, you know, that's what we were. So um, I'm glad the Young Bucks said that because I, I totally agree. And I, I guarantee you, on a lot of these cards back in the day, when we were the heels and we had the belts, we were these house shows. We were actually uh, mainlining some of these against the Road Warriors and the Hart Foundation, and they were selling out. So, you know, uh, you know. I know that the tag team wrestling means a lot to the fans, especially if you've got good teams going against each other. I mean, I even like the Briscoe brothers uh, from uh, the ring of honor. I mean, they're, they're, they're good guys too. I mean, and they have a different kind of style, but you know, I, I love that tag team wrestling is coming on the upward bound again. I really am. You know, I love hearing you put over all those teams, especially the Briscoes. They are very interesting guys. I've had a chance to chat with them a couple times. Uh, well, Nobs, I want to thank you so much. Of all the chats we've had, I think that uh, I maybe enjoyed this one the most, maybe just because I'm more familiar with you now. Um, but I'm very excited uh, for you and what Legends of Wrestling holds uh, again this Saturday, April 20th, Fraser Hockeyland Arena in Detroit. Take us home, Brian. What do you want to say about the show to, to get everybody on the hook here to wrap us up? I just want to tell you, man, come on out. If you want to have a fantastic time and you want to see wrestling at its best, I mean, you know, you got James Storm there. You got Al Snow there, Rikishi. I mean, you name it. Uh, they're they're going to be there. Even the Brooklyn Brawler is going to be coming out there. So, you know, you're going to have all different types and the matches are going to be fantastic. And plus there's a special, uh, you know, VIP package, which might already be sold out. I don't know. You have to check into where you get an autograph. You, you get a picture with us. 
and also there's a Q&A involved too where you got the, the greatest of the greats out there uh, answering your questions and answers, you know. And uh, the funniest one of last year was uh, some uh, old woman came up and her, her son wheeled her up in the chair and uh, she asked Rick and she said, uh, Rick, I just want to know, am I too old to go to Space Mountain? And oh, everybody started just laughing. I mean, you know, that, it was just classic. And Flair's comment was, you sure you weren't there already about maybe 30 years ago? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So it, it's a lot of fun. I'm telling you, bring bring the family, bring the friends, and, and come out and enjoy wrestling like it always should be, like it always was, and a little taste of old school with new school, and you'll have a great time. I'm telling you, that's what Legends of Wrestling is all about. Thank you very much, Michael, for joining me for the news. Thank you very much to Marty and Brian for the time here. It's been a packed first Winkley of the week. Like I, I teased earlier, tomorrow on the show, we're going to have David Arquette. Uh, we're also going to have Scott Fishman's interview with Gail Kim. So two two more big, great interviews on the show tomorrow. Of course, I'll be back talking the news with Justin Labar, as I am uh, nearly every Wednesday. And if you haven't yet, you got to go over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wrestling Inc. Uh, you got to get your jacked journalist T-shirt. I love this thing. Again, I got to have input where they asked me what our mascot should be. And I said it should be a pro wrestler whose gimmick is that he's a pro wrestling journalist. And they created this awesome shirt. It looks badass. You should go buy it. And I'm going to encourage you out there, if you are a fan of the Jack Journalist, uh, I would would encourage you to tweet me your photos or videos doing your best Wrestling Inc. Jack Journalist impression. Maybe we can offer prizes as well for that. that I already have a shirt, and it's awesome, by the way. But can I do that as well? Can I tweet you pictures of me? flexing no shirt on my tie on my rip my rip journalist hat yeah i mean sure that's what the people want that's right that's what they want uh and i would be remiss if i didn't uh, mention as well i brought up brian knobs you know we were talking earlier about legends of wrestling if you want to get two free vip tickets to legends of wrestling this saturday in detroit go over to our twitter account we got a contest running right now you just got to tell us who you think is going to win david arquette ken anderson retweet the post follow us and then I uh, think tomorrow afternoon we're going to pick the winner and you could get two VIP tickets. I'm actually going to be uh, running two more promo code contests here starting very shortly over on our Twitter account. One is going to be like this $150 Beyond Wrestling series package on Fight TV, which looks insane. And the other is going to be to be able to watch uh, Ryzen 5 this uh, Sunday night on Fight.tv. So tons of promo contests at Wrestling Inc. you got to go over to Twitter. Find us there to uh, to engage in all of that. All right, that's all I got, Michael. What do you want to plug, promote, put over here to wrap up the show? Only thing is, uh, you got to follow me on Twitter at the Real Wiseman. I'm working on an article this week for Wrestling Inc. Um, we're in the middle of the superstar shakeup, so I'm going to be looking at which superstars, what are the biggest gets for each brand, and who has the potential to break out now with the new world wrestling entertainment landscape now set. So that is. On Twitter, at the Real Wiseman. You want to see pictures of my dogs and cats and my trip to New York? That would be on Instagram, at Wiseman.ma. And if you're in North Carolina, Winston-Salem, let me know. We'll grab a beer. There it is, guys. I'm Nick Hausman at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. Remember to subscribe to us on iTunes, Wrestling Inc. Audio. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. <laughs>